No portion of this program may be reproduced without the express written permission of WGAN Broadcast Group Incorporated. You're listening to Sports Radio 560 WQAM Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Hey, Joe. You fairy. 560 WQAM presents the Neil Rogers Show. To talk to Neil, dial 5670560 in Dade and Broward. In other counties, call toll-free 877-785-NEAL or pound 560 on your AT&T and Verizon wireless phone. The opinions expressed by Neil, his guests, or his callers do not no. represent those no. of WQAM no. management no. staff or sponsors. No. Now, no. the Neil Rogers no. Show no. on no. 560 WQAM. You get a lot of beer. No. Right. Neil Rogers. No. Sports Hall Radio. WQAM. I'm Chris Matthews, and this is Hardball. Joining me today is MSNBC political correspondent Finney Cent. What up, G? Finney, you previously supported Hillary, but now you're in Obama's camp. I mean, are you fronting here or what? No, man, ain't like that. Well, do you think Hillary wants to get elected or die trying? Yo, I don't even know. Are you going to party like it's election day? Am I, am I going what? Let me put it to you another way. Are you going to sip Bacardi like it's election day? <laughs> you crazy, you know that. i got to cut you off there. After the break, Flavor Flay will discuss the Federal Reserve's new regulatory powers, and later in the program, Democratic superdelegate Ghostface Killer. You're watching Harbaugh. Well, so what do you say Flavor Wave is going to be on? Right, Flavor Waver. 10.01 at QAM on a Tuesday. Where was uh, Joe Rose this morning? Big Dog. It says Big Dog on my schedule. I don't Dylan? know. Uh, no idea. Maybe he was out there at Dolphin Camp again. There is no Dolphin Camp yet, but maybe he was out there with those calipers. See if the draft picks measure up. Do you know how Yay. that whole combine thing sounds to me? I mean, I could be wrong, but it just sounds very, very Yay. to me. And you notice how the big, uh, oh. he's always going out there. Am I right? Yep. Wants to see who measures up. Anyway, the most depressing facts, I think, in the history of this show, and you went ahead. It wasn't bad enough that George had me crawling around on the floor just like, uh, what's her name? Back her, in the day. What's her name? Whatever her name was. Oh, Shannon. Shannon, that used to have yeah, crawling around on the floor. I'm sure you don't look that, as good crawling around. your proclivities, you wouldn't have me crawling around on the floor. Yeah. But I was trying to hook up that router, and did it work? Uh, no. no. Just get the engineer here, okay? Let him do that. Okay. I already talked to them. And what do they say? Bada boop, bada beep. Yeah, bada boop. Said, all right, well, rah, rah. <laughs> well, you know what? Screw yeah. them. Bunch of cheap bastards. God. Just get it fixed once, and it'll be set for a uh, hundred years, okay? And cut the crap. Corso, he's another one. Anyway, here's this fax from, well, actually, it's an email to you from Tegan. Yeah, Tegan, whatever. Tegan? I don't know. Subject, passions. This just makes me want to cry. I might just go ahead and cry anyway. Go, go for it. I don't know why I had a really big night at Woodbine last night, Chris. All right. Won $3,400. bucks. 3400 dollars That's more you make in six months. Correct. And the funny part of it is I, I went in there. I put in a $100 bill. There was one machine open. I hit the button twice. Twice. Spent 6 bucks, and there was a spin, 500 bucks. 
And you're thinking, oh, boy, that was pretty nice. Yeah, but then the machine got dead. The machine died and took most of it back. So I went to another machine. That one sucked. And I went to a third machine because the guy had gotten a 1,000 on the wheel of that machine. I figured, this is the jackpot machine. And you know what? What? It was. I played it for about 10 minutes, and there's three grand on the line. And then within 30 seconds, there's a young, dark-complected couple about two machines away. They just had they just had walked up to the damn thing, and they also got three grand on the line. And the bells are ringing, and the birds are singing, and it was pretty nice. And they came and paid me, and I ran out of there. You never saw me move so fast in your life, or my life. Can you please ask Neil to give an update on Passions currently on Channel 101? I don't even know what Channel 101 is. Is that like DirecTV or something? Yeah, I don't know. Which I don't have, obviously. Question one, not here. Did Ben Masters' character of Julian really get his wrinkle whacked off the, uh, get reattached by a drunk Eve who reattached it backward minus a few inches? His winky. Oh. Two, is Julian and Eve's illegitimate, uh, Ill zebra son really pregnant by Daddy Julian? And three, what's doing with Teresa Lopez Fitzgerald Crane Winthrop Crane? Tegan, you need to get a life, please. I have no life. Oh. The latest news I heard was that Passions is being canceled. The final episode filmed on March 28th last month will air sometime in August. Today, Passions has been nominated for Best Daytime Drama with several cast members also nominated. So that being the case, what happens if Passions wins for the Best Daytime Drama? You know what happens, Tegan, Tegan, your mama. With the drama. And vote for Obama. Will cancellation still be in effect or will Passions get a reprieve? It's not getting no reprieve. It's going off the air. What don't you understand, honey? It's going off the air. What's Neil's take on Passions Channel 101 and cancellation? I don't know. I don't care. I haven't watched it in uh, uh, Zebra's Age. I don't care. I don't know. And I don't want to. How do you like that? So somebody spent all that time to send that lengthy email about the bada beep, bada boop, bada boop. I don't care. I'm not interested. I, I, we don't get it here anyway, and, and I wouldn't watch it. If it was, if it was on right now, I wouldn't watch it. <clears throat> I got 80 million channels here on my Rogers Cable. I don't need no uh, Channel 101, whatever that is. I'm an A-Romp here by Dreamless Hall. William Johnson sending out the six-year-old mayor by Dreamaway and Trevor Henry. in the Oh, Trevor Henry, good man. Never stole a freight train, that Trevor Henry. Who? Trotton Trevor. Decisions. This shot goes off and Mike Commissaric's like just finds his face above the pad and under the glove still. Attaboy Flyers. I hate the Flyers, but I hate the Canadians much, much worse. And the Canadians took it right up the old nose. That's good. They damn near blew it there at the end of Flyers, but they held on by the skin of their teeth. Here's the most important story. All, all i got to do is read this story and I can go back to bed. I, I felt great when I came in here this morning. And Sorry. George decided, I, I told him, uh, it's very complicated. There's a million cords and wires and stuff down here. And I almost wound up in a situation where I lost my damn Internet. You, your ass would be grass right now if I wouldn't have gotten that back together. That would have been bad. Because especially in its current form, the idea that I'm going to do this show without the Internet mm -hmm. is lunacy. Lunacy, man. Insanity. And I wouldn't have been able to get that email from our close personal friend, the professor there, who's changing cars every couple of weeks like some people change their underwear. Oh, I'm just worn out, you know? Well, don't go back to that. I had a great day yesterday. Everything was fine. Good. Went up and had a couple hours with Paco up there and talked a lot of crap and went to walk to Woodbine and had a great night. And then I came in here. 
And then you brought those goofballs in there, that the the terrible duo, mm-hmm. Flea and Steve. Oh, just wear me out. Pa 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 pa. You know, it's called taking something very simple and making it really complicated, which seems to be what they're very good at. Oh, and you're going to handicap 15 races from six different tracks, and we're going to have a special giveaway to uh, all the retards. And uh, you, know. you know something? I think the whole thing may have been a really bad idea. I mean, I'm coming down there anyway. i got, you know, business to take care of, but I think this whole thing may have been a really bad idea. Your fault, George. Yep, blame me. What do you mean, blame you? It was your, your, your got in the middle of it. Yeah, it was my idea. I was the one that suggested, it hey, idea? let's have Neil do an appearance. Of course not. You're a crazy person. As if we didn't know. Yeah. Like, I care. You care. I don't. Now, what are you getting out of it? Are you getting paid your usual costume appearance yeah, for that? Yeah. Well, good. Yeah. So what are you bitching me out about? I'm having to make a couple of extra bucks, Mister. I'm desperate and I can't feed my family That's and screw right. around on the side and buy a lot of dope. Happy to get it, but it wasn't my idea. What difference does it make whose idea it was? The, the, I don't know. the fact of the matter is, people like it, like it was. The people in whose hands it lies are it's a couple of uh, be well, well-meaning nice but absolute mumbo jumbo goofballs. Okay, how would Which you want to be? Is full of that. You know, what would have been much worse is if uh, they'd planned a whole bunch of crap and then done it anyway, and then you wound up going there and a whole bunch of stuff happened that uh, you didn't want to happen, or a whole bunch of stuff that you wanted to happen. Didn't I'm just going to go there and sign those cards. There you like go. I always That's all you got to do. Get, I'm not going to get up on the thing and be the MC and nobody the wants you to. And the nobody asked you to. And the greeter like uh, Larry nobody Glick and have my lemonade stand. Nobody even I'm suggested it. Nobody even suggested it. Good. Now, you might want to ask Eric what happened with the stats on those news stories yesterday, because it's either him or Cordis. I'm not sure which one. Oh, that's that. now I'm beginning to understand what happened. Eric probably froze those stats on the stories from yesterday when Cordis screwed it all up in order to get me pissed off even more at Cordis so that Eric could do the stories and I could pay him. Because I never knew. I mean, George told me before the show this morning that Eric is desperately wants that money. Is that what you said? That's what I said. Well, something like that. That's what I said. You said he's always belly aching about he he wants to put the stories up and let me pay him every three or four months. That's what I said. Which would be the least I could do because Eric is, um, you know, he's one of the few people in the world that gives a crap about this show and about our web, certainly about our website. He he does. There's no question about our website, which the station doesn't want to be associated with because we used to have those naked pictures on there or whatever else. Oh, they're disgusting. It's not about sports. We don't want to be associated with the Neil Rogers Listen, show. Oh, the no. feeling and uh, the embarrassment is mutual. Yeah, screw them. So the good news for Chris is we got the new poll up there ready to go for tomorrow. Thanks to Charlie B, who sent actually a few fairly decent polls for him. Not great. And we got 9:55 on this one already. What do you got? Nine what? Fifty-six. Lump. What, what happened in the lump? Fifty-seven. No, I was refreshing Did he, mine. like, kind of lean over in the chair and just slump all, like, dead? No, I was refreshing it. Yeah, refresh this. No, thank you. Nine-fifty-seven. What's the worst thing that pisses you off most about your neighbor? I like all my neighbors. See, it's a good thing I put that on there yesterday. See? Smarty pants. Hundred ninety-one. Although it does shock me. In South Florida, they like all their neighbors. Oh, my God. They sure don't live in my neighborhood. No, I don't. I don't pay any attention when I'm married to my neighbors, and even when I was all those years. I'm, you know, other than my friend Bernie and his wife, rest in peace. But Bernie moved away after his wife died, and um, now I got like strangers. And then across the street, that's the problem. Right, directly across the street, that's the problem, Cindy. Anyway, I like all my neighbors. One ninety-one. Stick their nose in everybody's business to create trouble. One thirty-nine. 
allowing their dogs and cats to crap all over your lawn, 114. Allowing their outside dogs to bark all damn night, 107. Blast obnoxious music and party until midnight several times a week, 98. Park their cars partially on your yard or in front of your house, 67. Don't deal drugs, 49. Don't. Peddle their religion, 30. Leave their garbage cans out all week with that smelly garbage and the raccoons crawling around in it, 29. Never mow the grass, 27. Work on their vehicles jacked up on cinder blocks, leaving parts all over the place, 24. Paint their house an insane color like royal blue or plaid or brindle brown, 19. Neglect their kids, 16. Leave their Christmas lights hung on their house all year, 15. Deal drugs, 13. And don't share. Always ask for favors, 10. Never return stuff they borrow, 7. Can I borrow a cup of sugar? How do you give back a cup of sugar? Uh, when you get the sugar, then yeah. you give it back to them. Uh, I see. Is that how that works? Yeah, when you go to the store. I wouldn't trust anybody in my neighborhood with food, you know. They brought a cup of sugar. Probably poison. Probably arsenic. And has that ever actually happened? That what? somebody wants to borrow a cup of sugar? I don't know. That's the example they always use. I know. They do that on TV and stuff. Hey, uh-huh. borrow a cup of sugar? Really? What are you going to do with a cup of sugar? Where are you, you going to stick the, it? The the oh, yeah. Sweet. They're, they're baking something. And they, uh, oh, geez. I'm short on sugar. That's for all those people that like uh, Leslie Stella want to lick ass, you know. Oh, is that it? Like Scalia. Maybe Scalia had sugar in his ass because she was licking it. Oh, my God. Licky, 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 licky. Uh, honey's better. Kissy, kissy, kissy. Yeah, honey bears. Mm-hmm. <sighs> That's what Aaron Summers used to call him, honey bears, that bitch. I don't know if she can do a good show, but she sure has a great ass. <laughs> that was Steve Nichols' comment, our uh, degenerate program director. <coughs> now, let's see how I'm going to be doing today. I got my expectorant. It did not... Um, Make me cough up big, uh, almost anything. And yet, oh, much better than yesterday. In fact, what we'll do is we'll have a regular feature on the show between 10 and 10.30 every morning. Hear Neil breathe. Right, we'll okay. have the flun check. Yeah, the flun we'll, check. We'll get a dipstick. Lung checker. Yeah. We've we'll had line checkers. Stick it all the way down. We'll check the what? phlegm level. We'll get a dipstick and uh, check the phlegm yeah, level. Yeah, that's what I need is a dipschmidt. Oh, no. Oh, God, Neil. Well, I saw him on the Oprah television show Saying he is a man But to me he looks like the mama M-A-M-A mama Look at his belly, it hangs over his pants It's not a beer gut, he says he is pregnant He'll be a mama Or is it the papa? Oh, my mama, mama WQAM. Don't forget to join George this Friday at Gulfstream. He's going to be out there again for one of his 8,000 appearances because right. he needs the cash. That's right. I'll try to win him a few bucks again on a races from Calder, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we'll bet on the Meadows. We can do it all. 
They're not going to be simulcasting the meadows. Of well, I don't know. Maybe they will. I don't know. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. I don't know. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Maybe I do. Maybe you're going to be really upset with me because after I won my 3400 bucks yesterday at... Uh, see, I hit the 3000 on the line, and then you would have thought I would have gone home right away, right? And I was on the way, and I thought, oh, there's this one nickel machine I love. It's got okay. quick hits on it. Okay. And if you get like, so many quick hits, what? Quick hits? No, not those kind. Oh. And it's one of those multiples where you can play like up to ten bucks every uh, time you hit the button, which is too damn much for a nickel machine. But anyway, and I sat down at that thing and I got uh, a bunch of free spins. It's really a nifty thing. If you get, there's a little, little thing comes up, free spin. If you get three of those, you actually get to. Uh, there's a board that comes up, and when you get you you punch the uh, buttons, the different ones, and when you get three of the same one, you get X number of um, free spins. Okay. And uh, on this particular time, I got 20 free spins times three, three times credits. And so you sit back, and the music goes, bam, da, 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 and, the, and the thing keeps spinning and spinning, and whatever you get, whatever lands on each time, you get the credits. And the last time, it came up with five quick hits, which is, I think, I don't know what it was. So anyway, 431 bucks on a nickel machine. I. So that was added to the three grand I won on the uh, dollar Wheel of Fortune machine. And I, ran, I went upstairs, and I had macaroni and cheese. Oh, no. Well, I had to celebrate some of my winnings. By killing And then I went home. All now, right. wait till you hear this. Okay. Shortly before he rose to deliver his rambling, angry, sarcastic remarks at the National Press Club yesterday, Reverend Jeremiah Wright sat next to and chatted with Barbara Reynolds in New York Daily News. Errol Lewis begins today. A former editorial board member at USA Today, she runs something called Reynolds News Services and teaches ministry at the Howard University School of Divinity, he adds. It also turns out that Reynolds, introduced Monday as a member of the National Press Club who organized the event, is an enthusiastic Hillary Clinton supporter. Mm. I'm going to tell you, this Reverend Wright, this, this mm -hmm. self-aggrandizing, egotistical, selfish, obnoxious douchebag, this son of a bitch is going to rot in hell if there were such a place. He doesn't care about Obama. He doesn't care about the country. He doesn't care about anything other than his own ego. Just another egotistical preacher with a big stupid mouth, that's all. On a blog link to her website, ReynoldsNews.com, Reynolds said in the February Post, My vote for Hillary in the Maryland primary was my way of saying thank you to Clinton and her husband for the successes of Bill Clinton's presidency. The same post criticized Obama's audacity of hope theme. Hope by definition is not based on facts, wrote Reynolds. It's an emotional expectation. Things hoped for may or may not come, but help based on experience trumps hope every time. In another blog entry, Reynolds gives an ever sharper critique of Obama. It's a sad testimony that to protect his credentials as a unifier above the fray, the senator is fueling the media characterization that Dr. Wright is some retiring old uncle in the church basement. I don't know if Reynolds' eagerness to help Wright stage a disastrous news conference with the national media was a way of trying to help Clinton. My queries to Reynolds by phone and email weren't returned yesterday, but it's safe to say she didn't see any conflict between promoting Wright and supporting Clinton. This is on Raw's story this morning. <clears throat> Pretty raw, if you ask me. Mm -hmm. How do you like that? I don't. They will do anything and everything, the Clintons. They will smear, they will schmear, they will degrade. I'm in the drugstore yesterday getting that expectorant. And here's the National Enquirer sitting there on the stand. I didn't buy it, thank God. I'm, I'm cured myself of that. Big front page story. Oh, uh, Obama's wife is, uh, the, the marriage is on the rocks, and Michelle is uh, whipped up to a frenzy, and he's been cheating on the side, blah, blah, blah. This is in the Enquirer. Yep. They will, they will make him out to be Hitler, Osama bin Laden, and uh, uh, Genghis Khan all combined, all rolled into one. 
And there, and I just noticed on the new Indiana poll, Swillery's nine points ahead in Indiana. Yeah. This is the big smear and schmear. These are the final acts of desperation, and believe you me, they're taking every shot they can. The Clintons, evildoers. Not as evil as the Bushmeisters, but nevertheless, right in their own category, evildoers. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the most important story that I promised I would get to, and I didn't. It's already almost 10.30, which is my way of killing. I sound much better today, don't I? Yes, you do. <sighs> Must be that expectorant. Thank you so much. Although I still say I haven't, uh, you know, there's still some stuff in there, but sure. not like yesterday. Right. It ain't going to happen uh, overnight. Why not? Because that's how God punishes you. Well, screw God, okay? That's the same God that put that jackass Jeremiah right on that stage yesterday talking a lot of crap. God didn't do that. Don't blame that on God. God done it. No, he didn't. God didn't put him call there. him to no ministry. The same God that made the cockroaches and the mosquitoes and the armadillos and the crocodiles. God, God created a croc. This is what he did. Ray Croc. And he invented the uh, McDonald's. Which, like I told you, although I haven't been there in a while now, maybe this afternoon for lunch I'll go to Mickey D's. I eat. I am so worn out from that. I know it was like an hour ago, but I'm just, you shouldn't have done that. No, it was two hours ago. Well, I had no idea the power cords were so, uh, you know, jambalaya back then. The whole things. thing here is like a, like a big mishmash, okay? Acre. There are cords and there are wires and there, it all works just fine. But you dashed mess with it, mister. And for just a second there, I, I went into a panic because I thought, oh, I can't get the damn uh, modem back on again. The lights won't come on. It's got no juice. And then I realized it's got that little on-off switch. Little teeny tiny on-off switch the size of um, Mickey Mouse's right. thing. No juice. Oh, man. No juice. Yeah, okay. And I thought, oh, we're not going to get that modem working again, which means I've lost my internet. And if that would have happened, mister, I'd have been pretty PO'd at your ass. Well, I would have had to do the show then. Why? Because there's no way that you can do the show without the internet. I already got all my stuff printed out. Oh, okay. You like know, I think I was going to take a chance with that without all my material printed out? Right. I may be crazy, which, of course, I am, but not that crazy. Okay, good. Not yet. I may be stupid, which I am. Oh, i got to do the break, and then we'll do this important story. Mindy McCready weeps as she confirms affair with Roger Clemens. How about, who's more important in American history, Samuel Langhorn Clemens or Roger Clemens? Who? Mark Twain. I know, I know that one. It's the other one. The whole is Roger. 26 past 10 at QAM. Attention male golfers. How many times has this happened to you? You arrive at the course, you hit the restroom one last time before you tee off, and then you're on the 18 holes with your best buddies. After drinking sports aids, water, beer, and whatever, you're on the third hole with no restroom anywhere in sight. No trees, no bushes around you. You just got to go. What are you going to do? Introducing the Euro Club, the discreet sanitary way for your urgent relief. And believe me, if there's anybody who knows about the need for urgent relief, you're listening to them. Created by a board-certified urologist, it looks like an ordinary golf club, but contains a reservoir built into the grip to relieve yourself. The Euro Club comes with a special towel to keep your privacy, and it looks to everybody else you're just checking out your club. Uh-huh. Sanitary, leak-proof, easy to clean, no more embarrassing moments in the bush. Only $49.95. Let me say it again, just $49.95 for a limited time order now, and get a second Euro Club for half price. Call Euro Club now at 866-999-4-U-R-O. That's 866 866- Nine 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 four eight seventy six. The Euro Club, the only club in your bag, guaranteed to keep you out of the woods. Biggest names, the best talent. Sports Radio five sixty QAM. The sports leader. Bitch, you 
slut, you whore. Absolutely. Increase of oil, crude oil production over U.S. levels, and it would likely mean lower gas prices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yet, such efforts to explore and Anwar have been consistently blocked. <laughs> right. This is a crazy person. And of course, the people who still support him are even crazier. Thousand votes on the poll. It's done. It's finished. What's the worst thing that pisses you off about most about your neighbor? I like all my neighbors, 199. 20% of this audience, they love their neighbor as they love themselves. Like the Bible says, the good book. The good book says, stone your children to death if they're disobedient. That's what the good book says. Kill all your enemies, every mm-hmm. last one. That's right, and the babies and the goats. Right. Uh, let's see, neighbors stick their nose in everybody's business to create trouble, 142. Allow their dogs and cats to crap all over your lawn, 120. Allowing their outside dogs to bark and bark all night long, 115. There's a solution for that. Not for the dogs, for the neighbors. Blast obnoxious music and party until midnight several times a week, 103. Park their cars partially on your yard or in front of your house, 70. Don't deal drugs, 52. Peddle their religion, 33. Like Cindy, Cindy, quit peddling your religion, honey. Get lost. Cut the crap. Leave their garbage cans out all week, 29. Never mow the grass, 29. Work on their vehicles jacked up on center blocks, leaving parts all over the place. 25. Paint their house an insane color like royal blue or plaid or all of these polka dots. 19. Neglect their kids. 18. Leave their Christmas lights hung on their house all year. 15. 
deal drugs, 13. I wonder if that drug house is still operating in my neighborhood. You better go check it out. Okay. Be right drug now. house. I think there's two of them now. Really? Could you draw me a map? No, it's easy to find. Send me Google map, would you? Always ask for favors, 11, and never return stuff they borrow, like that cup of sugar or like uh, a lump of a coal, 7. What else do neighbors borrow? Flour, oh, I keep lawn, lawnmower. I get to this story, and I never do. What? The lawnmower. Flour? Yeah, I guess. Tools? Screwdriver? Sure. Barricaded behind tightly drawn blinds at her Nashville home yesterday, country singer Mindy McCready, never heard of her, confirmed a long-term affair with embattled pitcher Roger Clemens. You ever hear of Mindy McCready? Nope. Country singer, baby, in Nashville. <laughs> I bet she picks it a lot. I can't refute anything in the story, a tearful but resolute McCready told the New York Daily News, which broke the story at midnight Sunday. Boy, poor Roger, he's got more problems, man. He's got hemorrhoids and steroids and asteroids and... Now he's got this bitch on the side. The news reported that the two met in a Florida karaoke bar when McCready was a 15-year-old aspiring singer and Clemens was a 28-year-old ace for the Red Sox and married father of two. She was a 15-year-old aspiring singer. Yes, I've known Roger Clemens for a long time, McCready said, reading from a prepared statement. He's a kind and caring man. He's also a legendary athlete. The central topic of the debate, however, regards his professional life, not his personal life. There are legal matters working their way through the system that have nothing to do with me, she said. From my point of view, that's where the focus should remain. After the teenage McCready met Clemens at a Fort Myers bar called the Hired Hand. Oh, my God. I wonder where that hand was. Rectum. She returned with a rocket to his hotel room, but there was no sex that night, sources told the news. It wasn't until later, after McCready had moved to Nashville and become a country singing star, that the relationship turned intimate. Well, why would he take a 15-year-old girl, girl to his hotel room? Mm-hmm. Tell her stories about his baseball career? That no must doubt. be it. Maybe to share some of those roids? Sure. Clemens is under FBI. Well, we know about that. The Rocket filed a defamation suit against McNamee on uh, who? Oh, Brian McNamee. On January the 6th, McNamee's lawyer Richard Emery said revelations of the affair would have a big impact on the case because the influence Clemens claimed that his reputation was damaged. If the case heads to trial and is not dismissed as we feel it should be, we'll be calling McCready as a witness, Emery said. The point is whether he was damaged by the allegations that he used steroids. He claims he was hurt. But if there are other women, and there's not just one case in this case, but many, and he holds himself out as a family man in American paradigm, it's relevant. None of this would have been revealed but for his lawsuit and sanctimonious testimony before Congress. In a statement Monday, Clemens' lawyer, Rusty Harden, Confirmed McCready was a longtime friend of Clemens and his family, but said the relationship was not sexual. Instead of issuing or sending. At no time did Roger engage in any kind of inappropriate or improper relationship with her, he said. But sources with knowledge of the relationship between the singer and Clemens say McCready has never met Roger's wife, Debbie Clemens. Now, well, what does that prove? I don't know. Nothing. Oh, you got a wife? You got a wife? Yeah. Debbie Clemens had already emerged as a character in the Mitchell Report saga in February when news first reported that McNamee had injected the former cheerleader with human growth hormone before she posed for a Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. When in doubt, goose those babies up. Clemens later confirmed this tale in his congressional testimony. The news also reported Monday that Clemens sent bundles of cash to McCready in FedEx packages to help, out her, help her out financially. Sent her bundles of cash in FedEx packages. When's that going to start coming here? I get a lot of FedEx packages every week, but when's the cash start coming? Right. Huh? Hey, Chicken Neck, when's the cash going to start coming in those FedEx packages? Well, I think there's one coming today. 
And also, I got a case of fax paper coming today. But what a Ooh. what a banner day in my life, huh? Wow. Woo, heavy duty. And you'll be pleased to know I got some more of that oxygen, some more of those uh, Hall's oxygen. All right. Which aren't loaded with all that crap that make you, uh, you know. Yeah, I know. She suffered some legal troubles, which included a 2004 arrest for prescription fraud and jail time last year for violating probation. She's got some issues, baby. I, I just hate that expression. Oh, he's got issues. She's got issues. Who the hell doesn't? You know what I mean? No, right. You're right. It's a matter stupid of expression. Stupid, stupid, idiotic expression. Sources told the news McCready also received hefty checks courtesy of Clement some of the amount of $25,000 that were channeled to the singer through an intermediary, through a pimp. Pimp my check. Such an arrangement raises questions as to why Clemens would go through a third party to give money to McCready if she and the Rocket were just friends. The Rocket. I wonder if he had a, little, a younger brother like Maurice Richard, the pocket rocket. Henri Richard. Remember Henry Richard? No. You don't remember uh, Maurice Richard, the Rocket? I remember you talking about these people. We need to get some hockey on here, man. This station has lost its touch with hockey. Well, whoopee do, Boris Miranov. Boy, he's almost as ugly as his brother. Not quite. Dmitry Miranov. Remember that? He played for the Leafs, number 15. Well, what a memory I got. For crap. Such an arrangement raises questions as to why Clemens would go through a third party to give money to McCready if she and the Rocket were just friends. It's suspicious conduct, and it's something we'll question Clemens about in a deposition, McNamee. Lawyer Earl Ward said, every avenue will be explored at the deposition in Clemens' de defamation suit. McCready did her part to put some positive light on Clemens and his legal morass. I have no doubt that Roger has had excellent legal representation to emerge from this a strong person and a revered athlete. She said, I wish him and his family the best. My comment is, Hubman Dreard. Details of the relationship could also emerge in several media projects that McCready's involved in, including a documentary film, which is to begin filming soon, a new album and a reality show. All of these All damn these things. things. How do you like that? She's busy, Mindy McCready. Probably because you ain't getting those FedEx packages no more with big bundles of cash in it. Wouldn't that be a nice thing if people would just send us FedEx packages with just tons and tons of cash? The address is 20295. Yeah, Northwest 2nd Avenue, Miami, 33195. 69. 33169, like I said. Yeah, don't get it wrong. Cause, you know. It'll get there. All right. That's Jorge Rodriguez, care of WAM. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so much better today. Now, maybe during the break I'll take me a couple of teaspoons. And then this stuff doesn't taste all that bad. It's the Rexall house brand, you know? Mm -hmm. I couldn't find the one you were talking about, that, Vicks. Yeah. But I got an expector in it. It'll make me <laughs> all over the place. All, all over the mic. Through the radio, by the way. There's something from Splat Through the Radio. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The fourth leader. Oh, God. NFL Films presents Don't Let the Door Hit You Where the Good Lord Split You. Whether it's mustering one win in a 16-game campaign or making a 13-3 contender into a 5-11 meteor of mediocrity, NFL head coaches know it's not just quarterbacks who get sacked. And so, on any given weekday, Mindy from HR will issue your final paycheck and discuss Cobra healthcare options. Then, with security leading the way, you'll clean out your desk, grab your ficus plant, and exit the facility to the battle cry, 
don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Rectum. Okay, 1047 at 560 WQAM. I didn't do the schedule yet today, man. You better get with uh, it. Come on the Jerk Show 2 to 4 with the one and only Jason Jerks. Mad Dog 4 to 650. Oh, that's right. We got that 10-minute uh, first pitch with Jesse Angler before the Marlins game, even though we don't carry the Marlins games. But those 10 minutes allow us to get about eight and a half minutes of spots in. Dolphins all asses from 7 to 9, all asses. And then 9 to midnight, it's the DA show with, uh, is he going to be on or somebody else? Because he was on for Joe this morning. I uh, do not know yet. Well, he's not going to be on because he said, I'll see you tomorrow night. Hmm. So somebody else probably will be on. Or maybe we'll just have three hours of dead air. Clarence will get to it one of these days, you know, when he gets around to it. He's an idiot. Here's the new poll we got up there. What have you done a 180-degree turn on? Not a bad poll. Nope. Of course, there could be a lot of other things, but... Well, we used to be him. religious, but not anymore. Eleven. Voted for Bush. Now hate him. Six. Good. Used to be Republican, now Democrat. Five. Even better. Used to be atheist, but found God. Three. Oh, God. <laughs> Where'd they find used him? Room closet. Oh. Used to support war, now oppose it. Three. Used to be liberal, now conservative. Two. Used to be conservative, now liberal. Two. That's kind of a warsh. Used to hate Neil, now like him. Two. Used to be gay, now straightened out. One. Used to be Democrat, now Republican, none. Used to like Neil, now hate him, none. Used to oppose war, now support it, none. Once hated Bush, now like him, none. None. Zero. Zippity-doo-dah. This story's going to get you so upset. All right. I don't mean just you. I mean everybody. Okay. Not that it's a surprise, but when you articulate it, when you actually have it on a piece of paper, mm -hmm. BP and Royal Dutch Shell have reported massive increases in profits for the first three months of this year. Oh, my God. On the back of rocketing petrol prices, which are expected to hit five pounds a gallon today. That's ten bucks in Britain. Okay. That's ten bucks a gallon almost. Yeah. Petrol. I get it. I'm throwing up. Sorry if I'm not saying anything. BP's pre-tax profits rose 48% in the first quarter to $6.6 billion, while Shell increased its profits 12% to a record $7.8 billion. The increase has been driven by the rising oil prices, which the companies have passed on to consumers in the form of higher petrol and diesel costs. The price of oil came close to 120 bucks a barrel yesterday. It was trading slightly lower at 118 early trading today. Let me take a puke at it right now. I'll tell you what it is. You want me to take a puke at it? All right. I'll get the puke ready. Oh, boy. One, oh, 160.96 and dropping. Oh, all right. Let's celebrate. 160.97 and going back up. Let's have a party. <laughs> Meanwhile, the price of petrol continues to rise because of supply concerns in Scotland, where the Grangemouth refinery was shut down for two days because of industrial action. Yeah, they've always got some good excuse, you know. What's that got to do with the price of peas in Peoria? Workers have now returned to Grangemouth, but it'll take about three weeks to get the refinery, which produces 10% of the U.K.'s petrol, up to full capacity again. The Automobile Association said that petrol price had hit a national average of 109.8 pounds, equivalent to 4.99 pounds a gallon. Now, that's a liter. 4.99, that's like uh, 10 bucks. Petrol is expected to pass the five-pound mark possibly as early as today. $10 a gallon for the poor Brits. Good, they deserve it. Shell's earnings of $7.78 billion were had a market estimates of $6.78 billion as production rose from $3.509 million to 3522 million barrels of oil equivalent a day. 
The company's share raised its quarterly dividend by 11% to $0.40 a share. Jason Kenny, oil analyst at Ng, said they look like blow-away numbers. Yeah, they're blowing everybody away. See. And if I thought it would affect the price of oil positively, I'm seriously concerned. Oh, yeah, sure you would. You, you robber, you grave robber, you bastard, you butcher, you and your buddies the Saudis, man. You should all rot a wicked death in hell. Shell's total cash flow was 50% up on the same period last year at $16.9 billion, but this was offset by higher capital investment in new production. Joran Vanderveer, Shell chief executive, said good operating performance combined with increased oil and gas prices offset the impact of downstream conditions in the first quarter. So every time you fill up your tank and you say, oh, my God, dang, dang, damn, crap, and a bunch of other stuff that I can't say on the air, just think about the fact that the oil companies are making record profits again. Year after year after year, record profits on the back of the poor schlepper out there. And here's your president up there like, whoa. The vision is incredibly dark. I mean, it's very important for the American people to remember what life was like in Afghanistan prior to the liberation of the country. Yeah, we know a lot about that. They had a government in place that uh, used people's human rights. They didn't believe in... Women's rights, they girls go to school, they're still doing. and they provide a safe haven to Al-Qaeda. In the liberation of this country, we've achieved some... Yeah, they're doing some damn good things over there. Karzai almost got assassinated yesterday. Did you see that? No. Well, I don't want to get you too depressed about that. Here's some more yeah. depressing All stuff. right, excellent. New research challenges the notion that you can be fat and fit, finding that being active can lower but not eliminate heart risks faced by heavy women. It doesn't take away the risk entirely. Weight still matters, said Dr. Martha Gulati, heart specialist, Northwestern. Why are these stories always about women? I mean, don't, don't we men count for anything or what? No, not anymore. How about fat men? They don't count either? Well, they're going to be dead anyway. Fat there. men around this place, around this oh, station. Yeah. God. Previous research has gone back and forth on whether. Oh, tomorrow's George's big meeting with Joe Bell speaking to fat people at 2 o'clock. On George's future with WQM and his big pay raise. Mm-hmm. Previous research has gone back and forth on whether exercise or weight has a greater influence on heart disease risks. The new study involving nearly 39,000 women helps sort out the combined effects of physical activity and body mass on women's chances of developing heart disease, said Gulati, who wasn't involved in the research. The study by Harvard-affiliated researchers appears in yesterday's Archives of Internal Medicine, which I'm sure you guys read religiously. Oh, yeah. Every day. Participants were women aged 54 on average who filled out a questionnaire at the study start detailing their height, their weight, amount of weekly physical activity in the past year, including walking, jogging, bicycling, and swimming. They were then tracked for about 11 years. Overall, 948 women developed heart disease. Women were considered active if they followed government-recommended guidelines, got at least 30 minutes of moderate activity most days of the week, including brisk walking or jogging. Women who got less exercise than that were considered inactive. Weight was evaluated by body mass index. Compared with normal weight active women, the risk for developing heart disease was 54% higher in overweight active women and 87% higher in obese active women. By contrast, it was 88% higher in overweight inactive women and two and a half times greater in obese inactive women. You follow all of those stats? I nope. don't. About two in five U.S. women at age 50 will eventually develop heart attacks or other cardiovascular problems. Excess weight can raise those odds in many cases. Well, in other words, uh, just do a lot of exercise ain't going to cut the mustard. Assuming, of course, that fat people do a lot of exercise, which is a false assumption because we don't. We're lazy right. by nature. Well, if we're you lazy did a lot of exercise, huh? you wouldn't be fat. 
My exercise is like waddling from here to the refrigerator and then to the couch, turn on the TV. I mean, if, if changing the channels on the remote was like exercise, man, I'd be slim. I'd be slim pickings. There you go. And it's not in our nation's interest. We are in a global struggle against thugs and killers. And the United States of America has got to continue to take the lead. And so in Afghanistan, yeah, we're making progress. Does that mean, you know, that we're... It's over? No, it doesn't mean it's over. We're in a long struggle. <laughs> Your president is in the process of losing it if he ever had it. You defeat them ultimately by the advance of democracy. Oh, yeah. This is an ideological struggle. These aren't isolated in a law enforcement moments. We're dealing with a group of ideologues who use asymmetrical warfare, that means killing innocent people, to try to achieve their objectives. And one objective is to drive us out of... Afghanistan, Iraq, the Middle East, or anywhere else where we try to confront Or just drive us out of our mind, of which he's doing a great job. Nice going, President. He's certified illiterate. Any questions? Some people call me the front runner. Yeah. Some call me the next president. Some people call me Hussein. Because my success is something that, frankly, they resent. But there's something about me, baby, that folks, well, some folks, think is wrong. It's very wrong. I have an addiction nicotine. Now, baby, I tried to quit, tried to quit, tried to quit. It's just too strong. Yes, I'm a smoker, a two-packer, a butt-bummer, a morning hacker. Hiding from the press isn't much fun. No joking, I love smoking, but one thing I'm sure hoping, that my campaign won't be undone. Whoa. Whoa. Whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's 1101 at 560 WQMI. Mean, new word by your president in and he even, even in butchering it, he still couldn't get it out. When in doubt, he blurted it out. Our exports. More mid-sized and small. He's illiterate. He's a moron. He's an idiot. And he's a president. Oh, you? Yep. And the people in the media, like, take it seriously, like, this is for real, you know. Not some kind of a moron who, you know, was born with a silver spoon up his ass. Here's another very important story. Ashley Dupre from Spitzer Call Girl case sues Girls Gone Wild for $10 million over photos and videos. What could be more important than that? Nothing. Except maybe that Roger Clemens story. The call girl who triggered the downfall of former New York Governor Elliot Spitzer sued the founder of the racy Girls Gone Wild videos Monday for $10 million claiming her image and name are being exploited. <gasps> Ashley Alexandra Dupre also contended in the lawsuit that she was only 17, too young to sign legally binding contracts, and drunk on spring break in 2003 when she agreed to be filmed for Girls Gone Wild in Miami Beach. Beach. Dupre did not understand the magnitude of her actions, nor that her image and likeness would be displayed in videos and DVDs, says the lawsuit filed by Miami attorney Richard C. Wolf. Oh, I wonder if he's kin to, uh, kin to Mike Wolf. 
I don't know, I'll ask. And Rada Fink Wolf. Or maybe he's just kin to the Big Bad. The lawsuit filed in federal court in Miami names the defendants Girls Gone Wild founder Joe Francis, two of his companies, and a man purportedly involved in creation of two Internet sites the lawsuit contends improperly used to print to sell DVDs and other products. Francis, 35, has built a soft porn empire filming and marketing videos of young women exposing their breasts and being shown in other sexually provocative situations, often in public events such as Mardi Gras or beach spring break locales. Dupree got famous in March as the high-priced call girl named Kristen, who was hired by Spitzer for at least one tryst at a posh Washington hotel for one bang. I wonder if he got more bang for his buck. I'll ask him. Spitzer, known as Client Nine in court documents, resigned as New York governor a few days after the scandal broke, as we all know. Francis made public a million-dollar offer for Dupree to appear in Girls Gone Wild video and go on promotional tour, then rescinded the offer after her archival footage from 2003 surfaced. Dupre's lawyer also warned she was only 17 when the video was shot, not 18, as Francis claimed. Uh-huh. Jailbait. Francis said in March that Dupre spent a week on a Girls Gone Wild bus, made seven full-length tapes after signing release papers. He also said he bought her a bus ticket home to North Carolina. Nothing could be finer than go back to North Carolina. Francis said he was surprised by the lawsuit. It's incomprehensible that Ms. Dupre could claim she didn't give her consent to be filmed by Girls Gone Wild, when in fact we have videotape of her giving consent while showing her identification, Francis said in a statement. <coughs> Francis said the photos were taken in front of a room full of people, including two newspapers and multiple crews we had in the room, according to the statement. He also said he would be happy to discuss the million-dollar offer with her again. The lawsuit claims Dupre is the victim of unfair trade practices, false advertising, and unauthorized use of her likeness. Francis is no stranger to legal problems in Florida. He spent a year in jail, was released in March after pleading no contest to charges of child abuse and prostitution charges for filming underage girls in the Panhandle Beach town of Panama City. All those good religious kids go there on the buses to Panama City, and they screw their brains out on the beach. All right. For, for the Lord. That's right. They're screwing for God, baby. Oh, God, that's good. They're screaming. They're yelling and wheeling. Four women who claimed they were 17 or under when filmed have filed civil lawsuits there against Francis. Francis also faces federal tax evasion charges in California. Prosecutors say companies controlled by Francis claimed more than $20 million in phony deductions in 2002 and 3, and that Francis used offshore accounts to conceal income. All of these things. Right. He's got sores. He's got issues. Wouldn't you say? Indeed. Although... Although what? No, what a great idea. I'd like to be that guy. Well, maybe there's your new, uh, after Wednesday, maybe there's your new, new job. vocation, sure. After you tell Jolly Joe to stick his offer of a pay de uh, decrease where the moon don't shine. What if he says to you, like he said to me, I'm going to cut your pay by 50%? Uh, nice knowing I'll you. Give you. What? Nice knowing you. I'll give you five more years after this of, year. Of what? Of five more years of going deeper into Poverty. debt? Oh, yeah, yeah. Desperation. Right, exactly. Angst. Uh -huh. Lack of cooperation. Mm -hmm. No promotion. Sure. All of these things. Ah. A lot of BS. A lot of rah, 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 sis, boom, bah. Yeah, not even. That wouldn't do it? No. 71 votes on this new pool. What do you think of the new pool, Chris? I think we're missing a couple things. Okay. Hillary and Bill. Oh, yeah. Used to like the Clintons, but now hate them. Right. Good one. And a good one? Yeah. Got it? You got it now.
Here's what we got so far. Used to be religious, not anymore, 23. Voted for Bush, but now hate him, 10. Hate him. Rumors about Iranian help. And these countries that I just named are... Um, All waiting for us to wipe them off the map. That's right. Used to be Republican, now Democrat, 8. Used to be conservative, now liberal, 6. Used to be liberal, now conservative, 5. Used to hate Neil, now like him, 5. Used to be an atheist, but found God, 5. Used to support war, now oppose it, 5. Used to like Neil, now hate him, 3. <laughs> Used to be a Democrat, now Republican, 1. Used to be gay, now straightened out, 1. Uh-huh. Once hated Bush, now like him, 1. Well, let's find that one. Used to oppose war, now support it, none, out of 73 votes. And what are we adding on there? Used to like uh, the Clintons, now hate them. Hate them. Like poison. There you go again. I did not say that. You're trying to put words in my mouth, and you do this all the time. Follow me around. Dear, Wagging dear, that dear. finger, man. Wagging that finger. When he waves the finger, the lies just keep getting bigger. His nose keeps getting longer. Very sad. What? I said you. And I don't like that intransigence either. And what is it? He just stands up there and he, no, in front of all these media people and makes all these errors... And it, it, it talks like a moron, like a high school dropout, mm -hmm. like, like an elementary school dropout. Oh, yeah. And they continue getting up there and asking, well, Mr. President, thank you so much. And uh, you have a good BM this morning. How are you doing, Mr. President? You and Laura still uh, doing the nasty? Well, what a thought that is. Huh? <sighs> Sorry to ruin your day. Although, see, I'm trying, what I'm trying to do is make today really bad for then tomorrow. Whatever happens tomorrow will be better. Yeah, I doubt it. Why do you, now, why do you say that? In other words, you're pessimistic going into your big meeting with No, no, no. It's just, you know, it's one of those unknown things. It's like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, what's in the box, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's like that offer that they made me. Unknown. So the uh, new edition is already fourth. Let me refresh my poll. Oh, yeah. It's moving up the ladder big time. Used to hate, like the Clintons a lot, now hate them like poison. And rightfully so. They will do anything. It doesn't make any difference what it is. They will do anything to get her the nomination. They don't give a crap about the country. They don't give a crap about the Democratic Party. They don't give a crap about the world, about anything. All they give a crap about is themselves and getting back their asses back in that door, man. They liked it. They had eight years of the good life, and now they want it back. And they only made $109 million last year. I mean, you know, times are tough, George. Mm-hmm. I know. Week after week, more and more people are taking advantage of Neil's half-price deals on WQM.com, and now this Thursday, it'll be time for another great restaurant offer. Starting at noon on Thursday, you'll be able to buy $100 certificates for just 50 bucks to the Blue Moon Fish Company's Coral Springs location. The owner-chefs of Blue Moon Coral Springs have set a masterful tone for dining in the most elegant setting. Specialties include lobster and shellfish pan roast, sesame-crusted big-eye tuna, macadamia nut-crusted chili and sea bass and Asian stir-fry, plus, for the meat lovers, peppercorn rubbed New York sirloin, grilled filet mignon, herb-crusted New Zealand rack of lamb, and lots more. Everybody loves the Blue Moon Fish Company. It's in Coral Springs, 11317 Royal Palm Boulevard. For reservations, call 954-755-0002. And thanks to me, on Thursday, you'll be able to buy $100 certificates at half price, just 50 bucks. The store opens at noon on WQM.com, so be poised and be ready. 
Sports Radio 560 QAM. The Sports Leader. Iran. Every weeknight at 10, it's the Adult Hour on NBC. With delicious dramas like Naughty ER and Law and Order Special Units. Randy reality shows like My Dad is Bigger Than Your Dad and Feel or No Feel. Plus, sizzling sitcoms like The Orifice, 30 Rock Hard, and My Name is Oral. Put the kids to bed and come see it all on NBC, the Peacock Network. It's 1115 at 560 WQAM. Happy Tuesday to you. we got the jerk show coming up at 2 this afternoon in spite of public uh, outcry. Here's a fax from somebody who says, here's one for the poll. Used to be obsessed with sports watching. Now I couldn't care less. Good one. Well, how do we say that? Well, however they said it. Used to be obsessed with sports watching. Now I couldn't care less. You got room for that on a poll? You're, are you a crazy person or what? We could write a book on there. On what? Yeah, you could write on a book on page. it. No, you couldn't because you never were obsessed with watching sports. No, but I mean any answer that we put on there. You I know. watched the hockey game last night. I watched the Flyers beat the Canadians. To be better, Neil. But Marty Turco has been stellar. No, but nobody Dallas cares Star. about them. Nobody wants to know about the Dallas Star. Wow, how do you like that, huh? That's that screaming Gary Thorne on ESPN, screaming and wailing and just uh, carrying on. So we're going to put that on there? You used to uh, be obsessed with watching sports and I couldn't care less? Yeah. Oh, look at that. The Clintons have moved to the second place. They're going to they're gonna be on top, so to speak. They're rushing to the top. Because anybody with a brain realizes that they're just uh, devious and dangerous and um, full of crap. Just mindless hate. And then to find out that, and of course it doesn't surprise me, that one of her close allies and supporters was behind that whole thing with bringing Reverend Jeremiah back there to the National Press Club yesterday. This bastard needs to go into a broom closet somewhere and not come out till Christmas. Miserable, obnoxious son of a bitch. Yeah, what's your point? I don't like him. Oh. 116 votes on the new poll, that's not too shabby. Used to be religious, not no more, 26. Used to like the Clintons, but hate them now, 22. Oh, yeah, they're, they're moving into first place. Hopefully not moving back into the White House. And if anybody wonders why the Republicans are just rubbing their hind legs together and urging everybody, oh, vote for Hillary, oh, yeah. vote for Hillary. Oh, yeah. Can't imagine why. Obama scares the crap out of them. But Hillary, oh, she's their man. <laughs> That's funny on so many levels. Mm-hmm. The number of you, this is not funny. Well, a lot of bad news today, man. Not a good day to be doing these things. Let's just play comedy bits. Let's play all there of us we're not allowed to play. Oh, right. Oh, that should take us till midnight. Easy. The number of U.S. homes heading toward foreclosure more than doubled in the first quarter from a year earlier as weakening property values and tightening tighter lending left many homeowners powerless to prevent homes from being auctioned to the highest bidder. Among the hardest-hit states were Nevada, Florida, and in particular California, where Stockton led the nation with a foreclosure rate that was 6.6 times higher than the national average. Nationwide, 649,917 homes received at least one foreclosure-related filing in the first three months of the year, up 112% from the same period last year. 
The latest tally also represents an increase of 23% from the fourth quarter of last year. All told, one in every 194 households received a foreclosure filing during the quarter. Foreclosure filings increased in all but four states. You might want to take this story, it's in the Sun Sentinel, and put it on the desk, slap it right in front of his face on the table when you go to lunch with Jolly Joe tomorrow. Okay. And say, I don't want to be number 649,918. Yeah. The unavailability of loans for people without perfect credit and a significant down payment is slowing the process. It's a cycle that's going to be difficult to break, and we're certainly not at the breaking point just yet. The surge in foreclosure filings also suggests that the much-touted campaigns by lawmakers in the mortgage lending industry aimed at helping at-risk homeowners are not paying off. Hope Now, a Bush administration-organized mortgage industry group, said nearly 503 homeowners had received mortgage aid in the first quarter. Most of the aid was temporary, however. Pennsylvania was a notable standout in the latest foreclosure data. number of homes in the state to receive a foreclosure-related filing plunged 24.4% from a year earlier. They credited the decline of the state's foreclosure relief measures, noting that cities such as Philadelphia put, a place, uh, put in place a moratorium on all foreclosure auctions for April, implemented other measures aimed at helping slow foreclosures. Nearly 157,000 properties were repossessed by lenders nationwide during the quarter. And George is going to be next unless he starts getting some serious, serious money. Doesn't have to be serious. Well, some hilarious money. Yeah. Right. Some funny money. Some sarcastic money. Right. Florida had 87,893 homes reporting at least one foreclosure filing, a 178% jump from the first quarter of last year, and a 17% hike from the fourth quarter of last year. That translates into a foreclosure rate of one in every 97 households. The other states among the top ten with the highest foreclosure rates were, and I'm going to sneeze, uh-oh, hey. I'll be back. <laughs> Colorado. Georgia, Ohio, Michigan, Massachusetts, and Connecticut. Why would anybody live in Connecticut unless it was like right next door to New York City? Can you imagine? I, I don't know. I haven't been there. I've heard uh, mixed reviews. Not good. Really? Ever been to New Haven? Well, no. Hartford? No. What's bad no. about it? Sucks. You know, compared to here. Oh, it's great. I see. <laughs> well, if I, if I were there, I'd move to Connecticut tomorrow. All right. And in fact, I'd be, I'd be packing right now. I might be. I'd be packing it. I think these uh, these halls zone, I think they're more harmful than they're helping. Really? Didn't I sound better earlier in the show? Well, you were fresh. Fresh my ass. Refresh your ass? I was fresh. Well, get a what the hell does that mean? I wasn't fresh. I was fresh from crawling around on a floor trying to diddle a whole bunch of wires, and you're, and you're trying to do it by psychic powers from Florida from 1,200 miles away. Yeah, I could have done it. Your intentions are, what? We could have done it. I'm not doing it again. Okay. Get the engineer in here. He can do it in five minutes. Okay? It's all set up. In fact, if they would have told him to pick up a cheap router on the way over here last week or whenever the hell he showed up, it would be already done and over with. But no, that's not the George Corso way. That's not the Beasley corporate way. Oh, no, we might have to spend 50 bucks. Oh, jeez. And especially might have to spend 50 bucks that we don't have to spend. Maybe the router's not done. But guess what? what? It's done. And once it's done, it's gone. Boy, the Clintons are only one vote behind. I like, I like seeing that. Rising to the top like the scum on chicken soup in a refrigerator. You ever see the way that works? Sure. It congeals on the Makes top the of the skin soup. there. Yeah. Like a layer, a thick layer of pus-filled skin. Ew. Yeah. 
And then, of course, you put a spoon into it, and you mix it all back up in the soup again. You heat it up, and you eat the soup with all that chicken fat, that mm-hmm. lard on top. Well, that's not lard. Well, what is lard? Lard is fat. But can it be chicken fat? I don't know. Yeah, you were going to say, sure, sure. Why, why would you say that when you don't know? I don't know. So that's lard. why I stopped. Sounds to me like lard is beef fat. I don't know. I guess sounds, well, sounds well, right. Google lard. Do it. You'll see, you'll see um, Chris's picture there. <clears throat> Under lard ass. Fatty pork. Really? A soft white solid or semi-solid fat obtained by rendering fatty pork. See, it's not chicken. It's pork. Chicken fat is different. Chicken fat sure is hell ain't pork because it's kosher. It's Jewish. Jewish fat, like Ron Jeremy. And there was some show on cable. I don't know what it is. Maybe one of you knows what it is. Another one of these 80 million panel shows, you know, like The View, where they got a bunch of losers sitting around. Mm-hmm. Eric Estrada was on a panel. Ooh. Ron Jeremy, and I forget oh, yeah. who the other ones were. It was, the, it was the most pathetic cast of misfits I've ever seen in my life. And they were, I don't know what they were talking about. I didn't stop long enough. Eric Estrada. Hey, Eric. You fairy. Who the hell is she kidding? And Ron Jeremy. I just don't get it. I don't understand it. Although, the day he was in that studio, man, all the people, and especially the females, all gathering around. Oh, hey, Ronnie, Ronnie. Like, like I had some big movie star. I man. told you the rule. And what is that? If he's in the movies, he's... If they've seen your face on something other than your head, you're famous, and they love you, and they want you. That's how chicks are. It could be on a wanted poster. They want him? It could be on a wanted poster. It could be on a roll of toilet paper. It could be on a box of cereal. It belongs on a roll of toilet paper. I'll say that right now. It could be on the news for murdering 500 people and children. I don't like your intransigence. What? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. You you look at that stuff and you you just shake your head. And then you want to see a covenant again. At least I do. What's your Toristas? I'm uh, curious about your review. What is it? Toristas. Well, where am I going to find that? It's running around the cable. It's on all the cable channels these days. Not here. You'll, uh, you'll trip over it by accident. Not here. It'll be there. I got 75,000 channels. Well, let's see what's on my movie channels right now, okay? Before I find any more depressing stuff. Oh, here's Haven. You scarred her. Uh-oh. Some white dude and some uh, dark dude. Oh, he's got a gun, the white dude. Well, that evens it out. Oh, the cradle. That looks pretty um, mysterious. Cradle. Little fish. <clears throat> the reef. Everything put together. <clears throat> oh, here comes the um, mung. Really? Body snatchers. Oh, and guess what movie has been remade, and I have no idea why. The Hitcher. Yeah, we talked about that. We did? Yeah, we did. Why did they remake The Hitcher? To make money. Oh. To Even remake Altman. What is that? Eh? You have any idea what that is? Eh? No. Oh, Indigo Autumn. Paradise Falls. Student Bodies. That's what I think it is. Old comedy. What is it? Old comedy, if uh, I remember. Oh, my God. There was nothing funny about that. Let me tell you, that was really serious, what I just saw. Serious. I am serial. Member of the Wedding. Teen Wolf. Street Fighter 2. Killer image. I mean, it's and, probably not going to be on in the middle of the day. Revenge you know, of the it's, Dragon. It's well, why not? Slaughter movie, for Christ's sake. Oh, well, good. What, what, what could be better than the middle of the day than a good slaughter movie? Well, I agree with you. Sake. You know how they are. 
Yeah, I know how they are. Well, we don't want to put it, and of course all the kids are in school right now, so they can't see it now, so what's wrong with that? Why don't they think like that, like I do? Like this show. Mm -hmm. We can say, because all the kids are in school now, they won't hear it. It's not like when the kids used to listen on their headphones and, and there were Sony Walkmans in school because the show was racy and raunchy and they wanted to hear all that funny stuff on the show. We can't play any of that anymore. No. So we can say whatever the hell words we want. Just like Charlie B says, well, you know, grab them by the balls and make uh -huh. them do this and make them bring the fart sounds back. I mean, this man is in such a state of... Denial? No, not denial. Just, I, I don't know what state. Well, Florida is bad enough. Totally separate from anything to do with reality. On this planet, the best talent here with Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. And your breasts are beautiful. Well, I was shopping at the store for some food. Buying groceries never felt so good. Too bad I didn't know my credit was waxed. Store security was breached and their database got hacked. C-R-A-P, that spells me. My credit is crap.com, baby. I'm as screwed as I can be. Thought about killing myself, maybe. Now instead of eating good and getting fat. My identity was stolen and now my life is just crap. C-R-A-P, that spells me. My credit is crap.com, baby. Now you ought to play that bit at the beginning of your lunch with Joe tomorrow. You ought to have that on your little um, thing, you know. Uh, I'll take a boom box. Now take, a <laughs> take a big old boom box and blast it. And then say, I'm dying over here. And see what happens. When Joe stops laughing. More than half the teenage girls taken from a polygamous compound in West Texas have children or are pregnant, state officials said uh, yesterday. Must have been a lot of screwing going on in that place, you know what? Mm-hmm. A total of 53 girls between the ages of 14 and 17 are in state custody after a raid three and a half weeks ago at the Yearning for Zion Ranch in El Dorado. They were yearning for something, all right. They found lying. They're Zion. Of those girls, 31 either have children or are pregnant, said Child Protective Service spokesman Daryl Azar. He didn't specify how many are pregnant. I wonder if he's kin to Rick Azar. He used to be the voice of the Buffalo Bills, I think, 100 years ago. Remember Rick Azar? No. Uh, I do. It shows you a pretty distinct pattern that it was pretty pervasive, he said. State officials took custody of all 463 children at the ranch, controlled by Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, saying a pattern of teen girls forced into underage spiritual marriages and sex with much older men created an unsafe environment for the sex's children. No crap. Under Texas law, children under the age of 17 generally cannot consent to sex with an adult. A girl can get married with parental, uh, parental permission at 16, but none of these girls is believed to have legal marriage under state law. State officials said earlier that they found girls who were pregnant or had children of their own at the ranch, but hadn't provided more than rough estimates till yesterday. Church officials have denied that any children were abused at the ranch, say the state's actions are a form of religious persecution. That's right. That's my religion. I want to go out there and grab a whole bunch of kids off the street and rape them and uh, have my way with them and then uh, say, hey, it's my religion. We're talking Don't about the Catholics? Persecute me. What? We're talking about the Catholics again? Yes. Oh, there's old McCain, insane McCain. Corporate abuses. Oh, they got all the crazy people on there, Bush and McCain and McBush. FLDS spokesman Rod Parker said he doesn't believe the CPS count is accurate. He said that from talking to ranch residents, he believes at least 17 of the girls may actually be adults but have been labeled by CPS as minors. Agency officials have called into question claims of adulthood among the girls since the raid and in some cases have disputed documentation provided saying the girls look younger than 18. Because many FLDS members share similar names of complicated family relationships, identifying all the children taken into custody has been a challenge. Many of the girls look younger than 18. Oh, there's the phone. I'll be back.
Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't have any music ready. You, Chris? Not at the moment, no. Damn. How long do you think this is going to take? Got enough time to read a plug for this uh, play going on on Friday? Sure, why not? Quest, group from Caledette University, going to be uh, doing a play. Broward Main Library Auditorium. Raise money for the Alliance for Families with Deaf Children. So this is Friday. Gonna cool. Be what? 7 to 8 p.m. What's that? Go online. Well, that's important. It's a good thing because the uh, my fax paper is downstairs. Oh, that is important. And they got a temporary concierge down there who don't know me from Adam. And, well, uh, you know, otherwise you're going to send oh, okay. the guy up here. Do you know how much those cases of uh, fax paper weigh? I don't know. A buck? A pound? About uh, 8,000 pounds. Wow. You got a hand truck? Oh, well, that's what I go down here. Get it on the trolley, man. Right on. Later on, I'll go down there and get the old trolley and mosey back on up here. And I'll have Now, fax paper lasts me for months. Great. I'm not like over there with the Beasleys, you know, this nickel and dime. Oh, we can't afford fax paper and paper clips and office supplies. And we sure couldn't afford that router that uh, the engineer up there could have put in weeks ago. No, we couldn't do that. No. Well, at least they sucker me into buying one anyway. Not that I wouldn't have bought the other one, you know. Mm-hmm. They just don't want to do it right. They, they won't listen. you got to tell Jolly Joe that tomorrow. Give him that message from me. They will not listen. Okay. I'll be sure to do that. There is nobody, and I mean nobody, working in that radio station now who has ever seen this studio. The only people who put this studio together were Fat Julio, who was a great engineer who they can because he was making too much money, mm-hmm. they thought. Bob Vermouth was also long gone, thank goodness, and the engineer here was a real engineer and a good guy. They're the only people who ever worked on this studio. There is nobody in that place at all. Who's ever seen this place? Hmm. Got it? Got it. I, I just mentioned that. Not that I want to invite them here. Remember when Fix It tried to invite himself up here? Mm-hmm. Sure did. And that would have been a good thing, too, if I could get the audio you know, from the computer through the board. That would be great. Yeah. It wouldn't, wouldn't be that big of a project, but I'm sure the engineer here could do it without Fix It sticking his nose in here. I don't want him potching with his studio. You uh, might want to mention that. It's a very handy tool. Might want to mention what? Getting your computer to, to the engineer? Yeah. See what it would take. Maybe okay. not, maybe he's, not a good, a lot. he's a good guy. Of course, I want to get paid for it. <gasps> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, 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 no. In fact, I'm thinking now that next year is going to be this gigantic um, budget cutbacks, you know, including my salary. I'm thinking maybe they should build me a big studio in my house. Remember when they offered to do that? Yep. Of course, that was Greg Reed, I believe. Remember how different things were with Gregory? Well, you know, Greg Reed had all that money. He used to spend the, uh, his own money, blah, blah, yeah, like that. That's what Joe will tell you. I see. That's his excuse for everything. Oh, it's, it, it was Beasley Reed. It's not Beasley Bell. That was his line to Norma. I see. And, of course, he'll blame the Beasleys for everything, you know. Oh, well, I can't give you any more money because Bruce Beasley is uh, tighter in the drum, and he won't, you know, I got orders from him. That's what he's going to tell you. I see. How much they respect what you do and they appreciate it. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. How valued you are on this show and how yeah. important you are to Neil and blah, blah, blah. But then he'll give you a... I'm, I'm just thinking, now maybe I'm wrong. I'm thinking out loud, you know. Maybe I'm very wrong. I hope. We'll see. I hope they say to you, hey, guess what? You're doing a great job. You're going to be on all... And, you know, one thing you got going is that the summertime's coming up. Yeah. It's not that far away. You realize today is the 29th of April and that... Thursday is El Uno de Mayo. Si. El Uno de Mayo. But you know what happens around El 16 de Junio, don't you? Si. 
Right. I start working Tuesday and Thursday all summer long, three months. And you're on three days a week. Yep. It's a scary thought, but nevertheless, it's oh, true. Oh, I know. Be afraid. I'm not afraid. You've done just fine. You've held up your end for the last, how many years we've been doing this? 2000 was the first year, so this will be the eighth year. Wow. Wow. For the summer. You know, I was doing the fill-ins uh, before that. I know that. You know, holiday, Thanks to me. Thanks to my coming up with yes, that idea. Yes, I'll never forget, as long as I live, the look on your face. Yeah, the shock, the horror. That's because I was crapping myself when you said that. I don't know if you know that. Because I was getting ready to take my first right. vacation on this mm-hmm. station. We were down on the second floor still. Right. Labor Day. It was. Uh, and I said, those tapes Labor just Day. absolutely suck. George can fill in. Yeah. My face went white. Whiter than usual. A yeah. lighter shade of pale. Oh, you'd be happy I got a little bit of a tan now. But, yeah, I, I, I joiced myself, or practically. Why will I be happy that you got a tan? Does it bother me that you're pale? No, but you've always no, it mentioned just, it. It just means you're healthier if you got a little bit of a tan. It, it looks like it. you got and some vitamin D in you. got uh, out in the sun uh, this week. you got a little something in you. Sure. Something, something. Maybe that's what happened to Josh Cordes. Maybe he got a little something in him. <laughs> I know what I'd like to I'll put in him. It's my foot. My foot. Rectum. Now, did, did anybody ever confabulate with Eric about why the stats... Oh, he mentioned that earlier. He said be, probably because Josh Cordes had him take some of the ones off for the stories that he put on twice or by mistake or something. That was, like, hours ago. The stats yeah. are probably screwed up because Josh asked me to delete the ones he put up by mistake. That's what Eric wrote in the little box. Yeah, they're screwed up. They're still frozen at what they were yesterday. Nice going, Cordis. You're an idiot, okay? I mean, it's not really that big of a job. You think Eric wants to do it? Ask Eric. Send him a message. Now, how would you feel about that? Would you feel that I was, like, screwing over our Josh Cordis? I'm staying really, out of it, you know, because I have, I like and them I, both. And guess what, Eric? I don't care what Josh Cordes looks like, okay? Now, if he looked like uh, Juan, Juan Pablo, that would be a different story. Then you could blame me and say, oh, Neil's uh, got a soft heart because the kid's a really hot-looking guy, you know? Josh Cordes is a, a nice kid, but he's just, uh, he's a little like George, you know? He's just like uh, a person, a guy. Thank you. I'll take it. Well, I mean... I, I don't want to get involved because I like them both, as you know. Well, what about Chris? Can you be, after we do the break... Maybe we'll have a uh, discussion about this, and you can be the decider. Like uh, the president, you can be the decider. I'm the decider. What do you think? Um, and don't be entrenched then. Um, well, think about it. So I have to you decide between Cordis and Eric? Yeah. Don't, don't give me an answer now. Okay. 11.41 at QAM, the Kentucky Derby, one of sports' most anticipated events, takes place this Saturday, May 3rd, and there's no better place to experience all the action than Gulfstream Park, the nation's premier watch and wager facility. As an added bonus to local fans, Big Brown, winner of Gulfstream's Florida Derby, will be running in a race. Don't miss the chance to root him on while sipping on a traditional mint julep. And while the big race is the big story, there's a full day of activities planned with something for everybody. All day, they're giving away great prizes like laptop computers, GPS systems, digital cameras, and lots more. And for the ultimate thrill seekers, they'll have on display the world's most exotic power boats. It's horsepower meets horsepower. Plus, only Gulfstream Park features Vegas-style slots, a no-limit poker room, and the latest video poker games, and fabulous dining at Ten Palms or Christine Lee's. Don't miss the Kentucky Derby this Saturday, May 3rd at Gulfstream Park. Admission and self-parking are free. Call 954-454-7000 or online. Go to GulfstreamPark.com. That's Gulfstream Park on Federal Highway in Hallandale. In the cutthroat world of politics, if you can't stand the heat, get out of... 
Hill's Kitchen. I've dodged a sniper's bullet, so I think I can take whatever you people cook up. Hill's Kitchen. Twelve campaign staffers face new challenges each week with only one to reign supreme. Or of this bitch, huh? I, I did, Hill. I'd rather vote Republican than read this. Hillary Clinton has a short fuse. I need votes, votes, votes now! The issues are hot, but her temper is hotter. Hill's Kitchen. My God, you call this a campaign poster? I, I don't know, Hill. I wouldn't wipe buildings with this. Get out of my face. Who will survive? Who will get burned? Find out on the next fiery edition of Hill's Kitchen. Well, speaking of that, guess who's in first place on our 180-degree turn poll? Clinton's. What have you done a 180-degree turn on? I used to like the Clintons, now I hate him. 38. Wow. Used to be religious, not no more. 36. Voted for Bush, now I hate him. 20. 175 vote. I'm not going to read the whole thing, because we've got important business to take care of here. Chris is going to be the um, arbiter, the arbitrator, the arbitroner. Oh, Friday morning, the book is out. Oh, all of a sudden I got very sick. I'm having a relapse. So what do you think? Should we uh, give the stories now? Did you send Eric a message about that or what? No. Well, I just got through telling you during the last uh, segment that we ought to send him a little, a little box there, send him a message and say, does he really want to do the stories, and would it be okay if I sent him a check every three or four months? Well, he was listening and said, I don't really want to do the stories. I will if I have to, but it's not what I prefer. I told you that. I, see, George is the one that's stirring us all up. No, I have heard that. Said when uh like when the two of them would come be going back and forth about stuff yeah um Eric is like well fine I'll just do the stories then you know you saying I made that up yes okay no okay I don't know no I'm not saying you made it up but he you know he keeps changing his mind he's a busy guy he's got a business to run there okay he's got a wife and a family to feed he's got a business to run that's why he wants money the amount of money that I would send him for doing those stories isn't going to change his life okay. You okay. think? You think? I try not to. You think a thousand bucks every three or four months is going to change an adult's life? Some of us, yeah. No, it wouldn't. Oh. Well, how about if I send you the money? Okay, great. That's a good idea. Eric can do the stories, I'll send you the money. Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> well, Eric's busy. Like I said, Chris can do the stories, and I'll send you the money. Okay. See, you're pretty quiet about no, that. No, no, that's just a good right idea. With a, a surly look in his face is getting red and all puffed hey, he's up. He's always got a surly look on his face. I know, and all puffed up <laughs> like a bufo toad. So we don't have to, uh, that's good, we don't have to resolve that? I guess not. Because he doesn't really want to do it. Cordes doesn't really want to do it either. He just wants to get paid. Right. Well, it's like most of us on our jobs. We don't really want to do it. We just want to get paid. Right. Well, I could do another two hours today, but you know what? I don't want to. Right. <laughs> I have a choice. It's called survival is what it's called. Right. This business about people who love their jobs so much. I mean, I don't I don't mind it. It'll be great when we can take calls again. In fact, let's take right. calls this segment. It beats didn't digging ditches. It beats uh, digging in your nose. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know Some, about that. Well, last couple of weeks, though. Sometimes you get always a really big payoff. Nice there, Remember yeah. the big payoff with Randy Merriman on TV? No. They used to give away mink coats. 3 p.m. every afternoon. That's back in the 50s. Man, old TV. Jack Bailey, queen for a day. Eric says... Not, Eric says what? I said I'd take them over because I'd rather do the stories than have a hassle from it, but I prefer someone else doing it. Right, of course. I knew that. 
and you're the one that's trying to get him uh, involved in doing it. He doesn't have the time to mess with that. Okay. That's a time-consuming bunch of I, crap. I made the whole thing up. And especially tomorrow when I send Cordis 400 stories and he, like, looks at that, oh, jeez, what do I do now? Now his internet will go out then. What is it? His internet will go out then. Yeah, that's right. His internet will go out again. If I send more than a dozen stories, Cordis's internet connection goes out. Oh, I got no internet at the house. I almost had no internet here this morning, thanks to George. That's my greatest fear. I, I don't mind trying to get this fixed and get that fixed. Well, I, I was and, not. And I'm right. reaching under there, and there's all these um, power blocks, you know. Right. Power strips. Power strips. And, and I'm, you know, I could get electrocuted real easy in there, you know, I, very easily. What? No, that was the electrocution sound effect. I don't know. Oh. Like, I could. Because these things are like, uh, it's not like having a couple of light switches around or something like that. There's 80 million different uh Power strips and plugs and crap, you have I, no idea. You have no idea nope. what's under this counter here, okay? No, I don't. Maybe even a couple of dead bodies for all I know. Maybe that's where Fat Julio disappeared to. I don't know. <laughs> At least it don't smell bad after six and a half years. I'd be delighted to do it if I, if I thought I was going to be able to do it and get it done. Get her done. Get her done. I heard Dan Marino saying, get her done, get her Did done. Did you really? No. Oh. There's that idiot Rob Marciano on CNN. Jerk. Total jerk. Just give the weather. Don't be giving no editorial opinions, okay, about global warming or anything else, you jackass. Just give the weather. The last thing anybody wants is editorial opinions from some jackball meteorologist on TV who's an expert on all right-wing, all things right-wing. Probably another self-hating queen. Maybe I'll introduce him to David Brock and Miss Fudge. At least David Brock saw the light. Right. How's Miss Fudge doing? You know, that's one, one site that I never go to anymore. I never went to it, ever. I used to. Long time ago. And I stopped. And now my life is so much better without Miss Fudge. And you know who else? I, who else's website I don't go to anymore? Speaking of Miss Fudge, her, her girlfriend. Oh, Lynn. Lynn Samuels. Lynn Samuels. What was that website? I don't get out of LynnSamuels.com. No, but it was something that was uh, like a whole bunch of other people sharing it. Oh, I don't know. I never went. Bob there. Herbert in the New York Times this morning says the pastor casts a shadow. The Reverend Jeremiah Wright went to Washington on Monday not to praise Barack Obama, but to bury him. Smiling, cracking corny jokes, mugging it up for the big time news media. This Reverend is never going away. He's found himself a national platform and he's loving it. It's a twofer. Feeling dissed by Senator Obama, Mr. Wright gets revenge on his former follower while bathed in a spotlight brighter than any he could have ever imagined. He's living a narcissist's dream. At long last, his 15 minutes have arrived. So there he was, lecturing an audience at the National Press Club about everything from the black slave experience to the differences in sentencing for possession of crack and powdered cocaine. All but swooning over the wonderfulness of himself, the Reverend acts like he's the first person to come up with the idea that blacks too often get the short end of the stick in America, that the malignant influences of slavery and the long dark night of racial discrimination are still being felt today, that in many ways this is a profoundly inequitable society. This is hardly new ground. The question that cries out for an answer from Mr. Wright is why, if he is so passionately committed to liberating and empowering blacks, does he seem so insistent on wrecking the campaign of the only African-American ever to have had a legitimate shot at the presidency? On Sunday night, in an appearance before the Detroit NAACP, Mr. Wright mocked the regional dialects of John F. Kennedy and Lyndon B. Johnson. I'm not sure how he felt he was helpful in his supposed quest to bring about a constructive discussion about race and reconciliation in the U.S., what he is succeeding in doing is diminishing the stature of Senator Obama. 
A candidate who stands haplessly by as his former spiritual guide roams the country dropping one divisive bomb after another is in very little danger of being seen by most voters as the next JFK or LBJ. The thing to keep in mind about Reverend Wright is that he is a smart fellow. He's been a very savvy operator, politically and otherwise, for decades. He's built a thriving, politically connected congregation on the south side of Chicago that's done some very good work over the years. Powerful people have turned to him for guidance and advice. So it's the taped sermons, and the roof caved in on Mr. Reverend Wright's reputation. Senator Obama had no choice but to distance himself, and he did it as gently as he felt he could. My guess is that Mr. Wright felt he'd been thrown under a bus by an ungrateful congregant who had benefited mightily from his association with the church and who should have rallied to his former pastor's defense. What we're witnessing now is Reverend Wright's I'll Show You Tour. For Senator Obama, the reemergence of Reverend Wright has been devastating. The senator has been trying desperately to bolster his standing with skeptical, even hostile white working-class voters. When the storyline of the campaign shifts almost entirely to the race-in-your-face antics of someone like Mr. Wright, Mr. Obama's chances can only suffer. Beyond that, the apparent helplessness of the Obama campaign in the face of the right onslaught contributes to the growing perception of the candidate as weak, as someone who is unwilling or unable to fight aggressively on his own behalf. Hillary Clinton is ta taunting Mr. Obama about his unwillingness to participate in another debate. Reverend Wright is roaming the country with a press corps in tow, tow, happily promoting the one issue Mr. Obama tried to avoid, race. Mr. Obama seems more and more like someone buffeted by events rather than in charge of them. Very little has changed in the superdelegate count, but a number of those delegates have expressed concern in private over Mr. Obama's inability to do better among white-class working voters and Catholics. Reverend Wright is absolutely the wrong medicine for those concerns. This is Brady Quinn. Whenever I shave my balls, I listen to the Neil Rogers 12 to 1 hour. Jet is all around me. Everybody is broke. The economy is drowning. They got us by the throat. I could do some driving, but can't afford to go. For the world's richest country, this depression blows. After 9-11, the stage was set for the neocons to grab all they could get. They trickled it up to the one percent. Made us fall and left us for Could this be a recession? The headlines boiling news. There's people going hungry. You won't see that on the news. It's like the 1930s, another grapes of wrath. We're just the rich and dirty, can't afford to buy gas. The corporate newspapers say it will end. The ones that I use for the sheets on my bed. Patriotically left them in control They robbed us blind Now we got a dust hole 
We're in a deep depression, but they don't want you to know. For the world's richest country, this depression blows. Yeah, this depression blows. It blows, like Joyce. This depression blows. It blows. 1202 at 560 WQAM. Happy Tuesday to you. I feel like almost uh, like back to normal now. All right, excellent. Don't I? Well, I don't know. I don't know what you look well, how like. How do you know? You don't. I don't know what normal is for you. Logie, lethargic, fat, tired, old. No, I feel better than that. Maybe it's the fact that I had all these uh, three winning days at Woodbine in a row like that. I don't want people to think that the slots are the way to make some money. Okay. Well, I mean, you can get lucky once in a while. Because I'm sure that some of these old cockers out there, oh, all he talks about, he wins every day at the slot at the gambling way, like that, you know. No, I do not. Because, like I always said, here comes the money. Yeah. And there goes your money. 221 votes on the poll. And guess who's in first place? The that Clintons. Thing, yeah. All right. You know how we have the Osbournes and we have the... Mm -hmm. What are the other ones? Oh, the Kardashians. Yeah. The, the Clintons, man, they have their own sitcom. What have you done 180-degree turn-on in your life? I used to like the Clintons, now I hate them, 53. They've gone from nowhere, from not even being on there, to being uh, leaders and, and pulling away, leaders of the pack. Used to be religious, not anymore, 40. Voted for Bush, now I hate him, 22. Used to be Republican, now Democrat, 19. Used to be obsessed with sports watching, now I could care less, 16. Used to support the war, now I oppose it, 16. Used to hate Neil, now like him, 11. Used to be liberal, now conservative, 8. Used to be conservative, now liberal, eight, awash. Used to like Neil, now I hate him, eight. Hate him. <laughs> Used to be gay, now straightened out, eight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when in doubt, they got straightened out. Maybe they went to one of those, uh, you know, seminars. Yeah, I know where they went. I know how they got straightened out, too. Uh-huh. I've heard those stories. Used to be an atheist, but found God, six. Used to be a Democrat, now Republican, only three, thank God. Once hated Bush, now like him, too. Two crazy people. Used to oppose war, now support it, one out of 223. The Clintons have moved to the top of the pack. And they used to like, although I'm not doing bad myself, I got eight. By a lizard. Really? Must have been a big lizard. After a 2006 election in which it helped get the most viciously anti-gay politician serving in the U.S. Senate booted from orifice, the human rights campaign, uh-oh, Hotels.com, get out of here, get oh. away from my face. The human rights campaign says right-wing fear-based assaults on equal rights for gays and lesbians are no longer as relevant as they were even a decade ago. The gay rights group on Monday endorsed 14 senators and candidates for Senate that says will continue advancing the issues it cares about. In 2006, the HRC and its 700,000 members were involved in 200 House and Senate races, of which its candidates won 94% of the time, said the organization's president, Joe Solomonese. Hoping to duplicate that success rate, HRC announced a national mobilizing effort this year for the elections headquartered at a new website, hrc.org slash year to win. 
Anti-gay messages do not have the political potency they once had, Solomon, he said. Senators and candidates endorsed by the HRC this year are Max Baucus of Montana, Joe Biden of Delaware, Susan Collins of Maine, Dick Durbin of Illinois, Al Franken of Minnesota, Tom Harkin of Iowa, John Kerry, uh, Mary Landrieu of Louisiana, Frank Lautenberg of Jersey, Carl Levin of Michigan with those silly bifocals, uh, Jack Reed of Rhode Island, Gene Shaheen of New Hampshire, Mark Udall of Colorado, and Tom Udall of New Mexico. HRC hasn't yet announced its endorsement in the House races. The HRC effort also includes Camp Equity sessions in more than a dozen cities that aim to provide campaign training for at least 1,500 activists. Paul Pagala, who's on TV every four minutes along with James Carville and Pat Buchanan, and uh, what's that? Uh, what's her name? Rachel Maddow oh. from Scare America. Oh, get her off of there already, please. All these people. And what's her name? That uh, The black uh, activist that looks like uh, uh, Aunt Your Mama? Sorry. You know who I'm talking about? No, I don't. Yes, you do. Don't watch those shows. I'm glad I don't. She's one of the big DNC. Uh, she's in Run a DMC. Uh, super delicate. You know who I'm talking about? No. Well, it'll come to me in a second. Yo, Jay. No, not him. Oh. Paul Begala, who served as political advisor in Bill Clinton's White House when the controversial Don't Ask, Don't Tell policy on gays in the military was crafted, said yesterday he believes that policy has done nothing to better the armed forces can be repealed by the next president. Begala was speaking to reporters on an HRC-sponsored conference call. He said, Don't Ask, Don't Tell, which prevents gay servicemen and women from serving openly in the armed forces, grew from a need for political compromise as Clinton was entering the White House in 93. He was asked about proposals from this year's Democratic presidential candidate, uh, Obama and Clinton, to repeal the policy that requires gay soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines to remain in the closet if they want to keep their jobs. I think Senator Obama's right, he said. I think with the right leadership we can get rid of that ban. I don't think it's helped our armed forces. Times have changed in the 15 years, he said, and continuing don't ask, don't tell is untenable. When the military is stretched as thin as it is in fighting wars in Afghanistan and Iraq, the U.S. can hardly afford to fire Arabic linguists because of their sexual orientation. The Gallo statements yesterday contrasted with the arguments he put forward in his 2000 book, uh, 2006 book, Take It Back, which argued that Democrats should not make allowing gays to serve in the military a primary issue. The Gallo and Salamanisi said right-wing tactics to divide voters with opposition to issues like don't ask, don't tell, and gay marriage are becoming less effective as time goes on, and as younger voters make up a larger proportion of the electorate. Begala said self-described conservatives under the age of 30 are more in favor of gay rights than are self-described liberals over the age of 65. How do you like that? I'm going to read that last sentence again. Begala said self-described conservatives under the age of 30 are more in favor of gay rights than are self-described liberals over the age of 65. Bigoted old coots like the ones who are all voting in Ohio and Pennsylvania for swillery. The former Clinton advisor also credited the gay rights organization with helping Pennsylvania Senator Bob Casey defeat Rick Santorum, who was one of the most viciously anti-gay politicians in the Senate in the 2006 midterm election. Miguel helped run Casey's campaign that year. Time is on our side, he said, and the country is moving in our direction. That's what he'd be saying, Paul Miguel. What the hell is her name? I don't know. Oh, come on. I don't know. She's on every day on CNN, every single day. I still wouldn't have seen her. She sits on there with that uh, compulsive gambling Bill Bennett a-hole, that right-wing piece of turd. Don't watch it. What do you mean you don't watch Don't watch CNN. What do you watch besides sex? That's it. Well, when I'm having it. You know, I watch funny shows if I can. And, uh, when when are those starting? When are those coming on? You know, Sunday night on Fox. And whoever heard of somebody named Contessa? You know, it's not bad enough we got Soli Dan and all these other stupid names of these bubblehead broads on on the news. Yeah. Contessa. I remember yeah. the Barefoot Contessa. Right. Well, the, obviously they named her after that. 
Well, do you know anybody else named Contessa? Never seen one. Never met one. And then there's there's this uh, brought on uh, one of those two. I'm not sure. I think it's in Fred. Frederica. And oh, okay. Fred. 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 R, 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 R. What? I said R, R, R. I wonder if she's a lesbian. I don't know and I don't care. But her name is Frederica and all the, all the, the politicians she talks about. Well, Fred, uh, Fred, uh, the, you know. Yeah. Like they're all buddy-buddy. Oh, and there's that uh, screamer again. That Ali Felton. I'm watching Escandalo TV. Well, shame on you, man. No, 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 no. You better get a little more intellectual and quit all those pinky and boobs right. and asses That's and stuff it. like that. Mm-hmm. Spanking, whipping. <laughs> and and uh, body parts. That's right. Bloody parts. Bloody body parts. And maybe when you have your meeting with Jolly Joe tomorrow, tell me you know all the right to people at the swing clubs. Okay. No, you don't. I do. You do? Well, no, not there. But I can hook him up. Hook him up with what? Whatever he likes. Why do you keep saying that? Whatever he likes, whatever he's into. I'm connected. Yeah. I know fun people. One of the things he's into is cutting your salary in half. Uh, yeah, I know. Well, how are you going to hook him up with that? Yeah, I'll hook him up to something. <laughs> 12 minutes afternoon at 560 WQM. George at Gulfstream this Friday, 10 to 2. Go out there and hang out with him. Bring him a bunch of money, some drugs. Mm-hmm. Give him some uh, tips on new job. What? Huh? Oh, God.
Are you here again? Oh, my Jesus God. Christ. I saw him on a pop-up toaster once. Yeah? Yeah. Piece of bread. Profile or, uh, you know... Oh, no, the full, uh, the full regalia oh, with right. the robes and the sand and Birkenstocks. That's why I knew it was Jesus. That's right. And I looked at him and I said, You fairy! 1218 at 560, WQM, we got the jerk show at 2, Mad Dog at 4, and then the D8 night. No, it's not D8. Did we ever find out who's doing the show? John Linder. John Linder? I should have known. Is he, is he kin to Paul Linder? Uh, no idea. Cute. No. Uh-uh. John Linder. How about Paul, uh, Peter Lind Hazen, uh, what was her, her name? What? Peter, Paul, and Mary? Peter Lind Hayes and Mary Healy. Oh, early days of TV back in the 50s, way before your time. I'll husband say. and wife. His name was Hayes and her name was Healy. I don't understand that whole thing. I don't get it. Well, it's a professional thing, you know, people with fake sure. names like Oh, God! A lot of people out there with fake names. Cliff Schechter, oh, I thought we were going to take some calls. Okay. You want to do it? Do it. How about you, Chris? You want to take a couple of calls? Sure, why not? I didn't say a whole lot. Now, it's going to take a while because the audience is not used to this. Since we don't have that router hooked up and I can't get it done, and the engineer will come one of these days, did they say anything about that? Any update on uh, No. No. I told them. They said, uh, you know, acknowledged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get him to come back out there and hook it up, and then we can do a show, you know. Or, or not. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the Verizon Singular Wireless Line. It's been quite a few days since we took any calls. I guess before I had that crud, you know, which is mostly mm-hmm. gone now. Oh, listen how good that is. Doesn't that sound much better? Much better. And during the next break, I'm going to go out and take two more teaspoons of that crappy tasting expectorant. Although it's much better tasting than that Bentley's cough. Oh, God. Battery acid would be a compliment. I'll take your uh, word for it. I'll I don't know what there. battery acid tastes like, but it's got to be better than Bentley's cough medicine. I'll stick God. with Vicks. What? I'll stick with Vicks. Stick to, yeah, stick, I'll stick with Vicks. Right. Oh, man. Burns a little bit. Got some uh, college on the phone there. QAM, hello. Hello? Yes, sir. Hey, I got that name for you. Please. Donna the Beast Brazil. Donna Brazil, that is correct. That's all I got. Then now, doesn't she look a little like Aunt Jamama? She's a beastly looking thing. Yeah, she really is nasty. And she's not very articulate either. But other than that. Donna Brazil, don't give me no thrill. Okay, have a great day, sir. That was a pretty good call. Here there you go. Wow. Now I can blow my nose a little bit. I'm starting to make a little bit of a comeback. QAM, hello. Hey. Okay. QAM, hello. That was him. Hello. That was, oh, yeah, that that was, was the real one. one. Yes, sir. Hello. I mean, hello. Hey, Neil. Yep. How the hell are you? Damn good. All right, man. Uh, congratulations on your deal, I guess. Um, I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back to Florida. But uh, anyway, I got nothing to say. Just uh, what does that mean? Like that. <laughs> <laughs> he was pretty good, actually. Yeah, he was. WQAM, hello. 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 How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. I have a bone to pick with you. Yeah. My name is uh, Housecat. I'm Stormcat's brother. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Housecat, House yeah. Stormcat, mm-hmm. Bullcat. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, I hung up on him. He's oh, oh why'd those... you do that? Oh, are you been kidding? So entertaining. He definitely is not Stormcat's brother. Whatever. Unless yeah. they have like a, a racially mixed family or something He's like that. children with House little cat. messages. Mm-hmm. You better tell Stormcat to leave Joe alone or Joe's show is going to be, uh, you know, just like the, the worst team. 
So did we ever find out where he was this morning, or is am I not supposed to ask that? No idea. You could ask, just, uh, you know, nobody told no, us that. Who anything. has no idea? Anybody? No, none of us. We do. No. We could go, well, go what about the, the people who work on that show? I mean, not when I saw, uh, what's that guy's name? Um, Zach? Zach, yeah, this morning. I was like, so what's up? He goes, I don't know. He just <laughs> told me yesterday that uh, he's not being here today. I was like, oh, okay. Don't you all you do told that? told him yesterday? So in other words, he was planning to be sick or something like that? Well, I guess like oh, in the afternoon or next time years. George, I won't be there next couple of years. Okay. See ya. I don't understand. I'm not that it's my business, not that I begrudge anybody else, and especially with that really nifty summer schedule of mine coming up very, very, very soon. Y'all got scams. Very what? Y'all got scams, slacker scams, one or another. All Y'all, you, all you high-priced talent types. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we got jerks coming up at two, so don't worry about anything else. As long as we got jerks on here, believe you me, we better not worry about nothing else. Five six seven oh five six. I don't have to take too many of these. Just you know, oh, they're all good. Uh, just to wet our beak a little bit. They are? Mm-hmm. WQAM, hello. Wrecked him. I nearly killed him. RRR. Want to try another one? Well, no, no, no. See, you don't know how to uh, get the most out of these callers, okay? Oh, trust me. That was everything. There you go. Trust That's me. That's the appropriate response it. to that. WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil. How are you, brother? Okay, sir. Hey, listen, I was listening to you uh, a couple shows back. You were mentioning you were coming down to Miami for a week. Yep. Any way to uh, suck up to uh, take a picture of and get a picture with uh, you? Sure. Mark, uh, May 17th at Gulfstream Park, 3 to 5. Fantastic. Thank you, brother. Okay. All right, bye. Cost you $1,000 for the picture, though. We'll have a tip jar. Yeah. Now, that's that's a good idea. Like one of those big giant brandy snippers like the piano yeah, players. Yeah, I can start have. practicing for next uh-huh. year when I'm going to be doing my spare time after January one. Spare some change, Mister. You're going to be. How's uh, it going, eh? Playing the piano, being a lounge lizard. Mm-hmm. No, I play the piano just uh, with a tin cup. Hello. This is big. <laughs> Why are you making fun of the dead? I love the big Wilson. I watched the Night Owl movies religiously. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah. Did you ever meet him? No. I did. He was a good guy. I would have loved to have shaken his fat hand. Used to play uh, two at Marty Sussman's New York Steakhouse. How they ever managed to get me and Big Wilson and Marty Sussman all into the same building, I'll never know. Sideways. God, you talk about fat. Oh, and then if we could have had the humper in there at the same time, it would have wow. been really <laughs> bursting at the seams. I'm sure that would have been a code violation of some sort. A lot of beef fire code York violations, steakhouse. yeah. WQAM, hello. Hey, Pally. Yes, sir. Hey, congrats on your new deal, and uh, wish some good luck to George and all. Hey, George, if you need any help. I can uh, help you out, man. I can make Joe Bell an offer. He can I do. Refuse. Come along. Yeah, I think yeah, I think he might uh, need you. Come along. You can sit on the other side of Joe. Well, I'll sit on one side and you sit on the other one. Yeah. Come in a pinstripe suit with mm-hmm. a big, big uh, 347 Magnum would be good. I got a cannoli for him, too. Okay, okay great. Yes, you do, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> See, we'll, we'll do either his little brains or his uh, right. signature be on that contract. That's a good idea. We can do the, uh, the uh, you know, positive and negative reinforcement there. If he's nice to me, something nice. I got something nice for you. And if he's not nice, we'll call in Don Corleone. Right. And really show him some business. Mm-hmm. Uh, either either way, the uh, the roller derby team will uh, take care of him. What does that mean? Whether uh, whether uh, I want to be nice to him or not so nice to him. Either way, the roller derby girls will take care of him. I think everything's going to be fine. I think All it's right. going to give you a substantial increase. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I, I have no idea. I really don't. No, me either. 
I don't know what you guys' relationship is. I mean, you've been roller derbying on the side, sure. like uh, schmoozing around, and I don't know. See, I don't have a personal Sometimes relationship. Sometimes I, I think it's great, and uh, for a long time there I thought it was, and then, you know, we started. How many times did I met him? Just that one time at that I, awful I lunch? I don't know. What was the name of that restaurant again? You'll never know. No, I won't. I don't know why I keep forgetting it, too. It's, it's right there on uh, University, around on Broward Boulevard, near University. I'll never it's remember because I didn't go there. Oh. Well, yeah, but, but somebody sent it in the other day, and we talked about it, and... Uh, the soup was great, and the steak was uh, not uh, too great. How you do? How the Clintons doing on the poll? First, oh, they're, they're pulling away. We're in the home stretch, and the Clintons uh, have got an almost insurmountable lead on our poll. Biggest name, the best talent. You're listening to Rogers Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. Back it on. This is Joe Bow and the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and you're listening to the Hockey Authority, Neil God. They're pretty uh, uh, funny. Oh, I think more of that phlegm is coming up. Not that the audience needs to right. know, but I just, you know. Yeah, they disclaimer. do. What? They want to know. Do they need, are they keeping track of they got a log? You know it. Ooh, maybe I'll have a log come out of my lungs. I don't know. That'd be new. Look at that. They're pulling away by 22 points, the Clintons, on our poll. And how are you doing on your total there? This is the new poll. We got 1,000 on the first one. This is a Charlie B poll, by the way. 283, that's not too impressive. We're going for 400. Okay. What are your thoughts about that? I think Mr. we can do it. Mr. Pool Man. We can definitely do it. Only uh, 1.4 minute, we can do that. You, you really need to get so detailed with all the stats. I mean, I, I'm bad enough hey, with all the Eric numbers. Eric, put them up there so we're going to use them. Oh, now you're sucking Eric's ass? Is that the deal? No. Why not? He doesn't pay me. See, he doesn't want to do the stories. It's a time-consuming thing. I'm sure. I'm sure that it even bugs him that he's got to uh, do this poll thing a little bit. You know, there are probably times he's busy. Maybe once in a while, his wife even takes like a second look at him. I doubt it, but you know, it's possible. He's got two kids, so he must have. She must have taken. A I'm second talking about look. now, not in oh. the past. Oh, okay. You know what happens once the kids pop out? It's a whole different ball game. Well, you know that. John McCain's white supremacist problem by Cliff Schechter and the Smirking Chimp. 
One would have to strain to be shocked that a racist ad is fighting its way out of the bowels of conservatism in North Carolina. For political observers from the 80s and 90s, they'll remember that Senator Jesse Helms was a master of using divisive tactics to inject race into just about everything he did outside of brushing his teeth whenever he wasn't straining through the holes in the sheet he was wearing to see his Jefferson Davis emblazoned toothbrush. Yet racism for electoral gain obviously did not go away with Helms' retirement from politics, and neither is Republican timidity in doing anything to control the extreme elements in the party, or their base, if you will. So once again, just as other conservatives sit idly by and claim Jesse was just being Jesse, now John McCain throws his hands up in the air as if there's nothing he can do when a racist, as is run by the North Carolina GOP uh, ad, like, uh, when a racist ad is run by the North Carolina GOP against Barack Obama. The typo here on Smirking Chimp, shame on you. ABC News' Brett Hovell and Russell Goldman report Senator McCain said last Thursday that if elected president and becomes the de facto head of the GOP, he would not demand a change in leadership of the North Carolina Republican Party despite condemning his plan to wear ads attacking Senator Obama and his controversial minister. It's good to know where the senator stands on this issue, at least today. In my book, The Real McCain, Why Conservatives Don't Trust Him and Why Independents Shouldn't, I recount McCain's questionable past on issues of race his entire career. From the many years he rejected a Martin Luther King Jr. holiday, pretty much the entire 70s and 80s, to his serial flip-flops on the Confederate flag in 2000, which he admits he did for political reasons, no way, not you, Johnny, to his close association with a white supremacist named Richard Quinn, who found himself hired as a political advisor by McCain in 2000, and still is, from what I can tell, after openly praising David Duke, selling T-shirts praising the assassination of Abraham Lincoln, and writing and editing for a magazine that reminded us that slave masters just really weren't all that bad. That's the real McCain for you. Now I'll be waiting for the media to do their job and report on his close association with a white supremacist, just as they have every aspect of Barack Obama's life, and I'll be most assuredly holding my breath, says Cliff Schechter. Hold it. Inhale now. Hold it. <clears throat> yeah. We'll send you a telegram. We'll send you a letter in a bottle let you know when to let it out. And your breath, too. Rudy Giuliani should not have received Holy Communion during the Pope's visit because the former presidential candidate supports abortion rights. New York Cardinal Edward Egan said yesterday, the Cardinal. I wonder if the Cardinal's got any leftover altar boys from Cardinal Spellman at the rectory. At least they used to bring him in limos anyway. That was nice. Mm -hmm. I wonder if Norma Kent ever rode along. I don't think they let a Jew in there, do you? Oh, I don't know. It depends. Rode along in a limo while they were out, out picking up runaways? Egan says he had an understanding with Giuliani that he's not to receive the Eucharist. The Catholic Church teaches that abortion is a grave offense against the will of God, Egan said. Donna Brazil. i gotta, I got to remember that name. I, keep, I have a roadblock with her name. She just bugs me. And she doesn't really say anything. The Cardinal said yesterday that Giuliani broke that understanding when he received the Eucharist during Pope Benedict XVI's visit earlier this month. Jesus, it seems like the Pope just got here. And now he's gone. And you know what they say, once he's gone. That's right, he's gone. No, Hubman Dreard. He received communion during the April 19th service, Giuliani did, from one of the many clergymen who offered the sacrament. Not directly from the Pope, though. The Pope didn't stick anything in Giuliani's mouth that we know of. Egan says he'll be seeking a meeting with Giuliani to insist that he abide by our understanding. Oh, yeah, we have an understanding. Remember the bishop? Yeah. Giuliani's spokeswoman, Sonny Mendel, said Monday that he's willing to meet with the Cardinal, but added that his faith is deeply personal and should remain confidential. Confidential by the, who did that? Sonny Knight on Dot Records. Wow. 
Well, if you've got that, it'll be one of the great miracles of all time. Confidential. I bet your chicken neck remembers that. You got it? It's on Look dot. It. You know who else was on dot? No. Who? Pat Boone. Ooh. Billy Vaughn. Tab Hunter. Several people who couldn't sing. Well, Billy Vaughn was instrumentals. Sail away, silvery moon, or whatever that was. Sail along, silvery moon. Remember that? That went close. Oh, there you go. It's sunny night. I can't believe it. The program closed out today. Oh, my God. Scary. Confidential as a church at twilight. Sentimental. You know, the only place I know this from? Has a road. The uh, freeway and spigot bit. Oh, my God. My love for you is a freeway and spigot bit. Isn't it? And that's the music that they're playing in there? Are you a crazy person or what? Well, yeah, I'm a crazy person, but I'm pretty sure that this is the music in the Turn crazy about that house Let it play through. Listen. Chances are... Yeah, play Chances Are by Johnny Mathis, the African Queen. What does that have to do with Let It Play night? Through? It's not there, there playing that good. music? Yeah, at the end. We have, a, we have a bit that's got that in the house. You're nuts. Listen. My what? Chances Hello. Somebody warm, huh? I'll say. You uh, come here often? Pardon me? Have you been here before? No. First time. Uh, What's your name? Freeway. Freeway. That's nice. I'm Spigot. Pleased to meet you, Spigot. I'm here. Uh, you uh, here to get uh, clean or what? Oh, uh, I don't know. I mean... You uh, work around here? I'm a waiter, but actually I'm an actor, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. It's tough, isn't mm. it? You probably need to relax. Oh, I'll say, but, you know, with everything that's in the news and all, it's just... Hey, tough. you can start relaxing right now, Freeway. I, uh, brought something. Ooh, uh... Sheath. Mm-hmm. And Freeway, not just any sheath, either. Look. <gasps> wow, gold lamé. <laughs> Pretty kicky condom, huh? <laughs> but here's the most important part, Freeway. The protein. Label. Protect, huh? Aren't those endorsed by the uh, City Council okay, of San Francisco? Absolutely. You know the Protect slogan, don't you? I sure do. Mm-hmm. Certified safe by the city by the bay. <laughs> well, what do you say? Darn. Look at that. I dropped the soap again. Oh. I'll get it. <laughs> you bet your life he will. And with confidence. Because Freeway and Spicket have condom sense. Don't let worry spoil those chance meetings in public showers. Always carry Protect. P-R-O-T-E-C-T. Keep my mind free as can be. P-R-O-T-E-C-T. Been down with no apology. Don't doubt. Know what it's all about. The Protect sheet. So they won't send you a wreath. Protect condoms. A division of Black Flag House and Garden Pest Control Division. Keeping the situation safe since 1887. Okay, so it wasn't in there. And of course, Chicken Neck's not in the chat room. We have a bit that that's the soundtrack to it. Really? And we, yeah, we that, used to that play ain't it. That ain't it. But still, it was good to hear it again. Oh, yeah, it was good to hear it again. I'll find that. That was not by the way, for those people who always thought they was boring and old and funny duddy Right. I could have fallen over when you told me that that was an Imus bit. Oh, yeah. He didn't always talk into his chest and chew gum. No. No. Used to be funny. Long time ago, about 100 years ago. You told me Howard used to be funny, too. What? You know, Howard Stern. You told me he used to be funny. 1242 at 560 WQM, attention male golfers. How many times has this happened? 
You arrive at the course, you hit the restroom one last time before you tee off, and you're on 18 holes with your best buddies. After drinking sport aids, water, beer, and whatever, you're on the third hole, no restroom in sight. No trees or bushes around, and you just got to go. What are you going to do? Introducing the Euro Club, the discreet sanitary way for your urgent relief. That's right. Created by a board-certified urologist, it looks like an ordinary golf club, but contains a reservoir built into the grip to relieve yourself. Just stick around in there, baby. The Euro Club comes with a special towel to keep your privacy, and it appears to everybody you're just checking out your club. Sanitary, leak-proof, easy to clean, and no more embarrassing moments in the bush. Only forty-nine ninety-five. For limited time, order now and get a second Euro Club for half price. Call Euro Club now, toll-free, 1-866-999-4-U-R-O. That's 866-999-4876. The Euro Club, the only club in your bag, guaranteed to keep you out of the woods. Get named the best talent. You're with Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. Hate you. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a brand new game all the kids are learning to play now. In every big city all across the U.S. of A now. students running around toting guns. Why not high school kids? Sure, why not? And then, makes sense to me, how about elementary school kids? Kindergarten kids? Mm -hmm. Preschoolers? That's right. Don't just be giving all the guns to them, then college punks. Jeff Cohen writes, that's not the Jeff Cohen ponytail, but the one who writes on commondreams.org. You know Jeff Cohen? No, I only know the one. He's the founding director of the Park Center for Independent Media at Ithaca College. And his latest book is Cable News Confidential, My Misadventures in the Corporate Media. I've read a lot of his stuff. He's good. Military propaganda pushed me off TV, he writes. In the fall of 2002, week after week, I argued vigorously against invading Iraq in debates televised on MSNBC. I used every possible argument that might sway mainstream voters. No real threat, cost, instability. But as the war neared, my debates were terminated. In my 2006 book, Cable News Confidential, I explained why I lost my airtime. There was no room for me after MSNBC launched Countdown Iraq, a daily one-hour show that seemed more keen on glamorizing a potential war than scrutinizing or debating it. 
Countdown Iraq featured retired colonels and generals, sometimes resembling boys with war toys, as they used props, maps, and glitzy graphics to spin invasion scenarios. They reminded me of pumped-up ex-football players doing pregame analysis and diagramming plays. It was excruciating to be sidelined on MSNBC, watching so many non-debates in which myth and misinformation were served up unchallenged. It was bad enough to be silenced, much worse to see that these ex-generals, many working for military corporations, were never in debates nor asked a tough question by an anchor. I wasn't allowed on MSNBC unless balanced by at least one truculent right-winger. Except for the brazenness and the scope of the Pentagon spin program, I wasn't shocked by the recent New York Times report exposing how the Pentagon junketed and coached the retired military brass into being message force multipliers and surrogates for Donald Rumsfeld's lethal propaganda. The biggest villain here is not Rumsfeld or the Pentagon, it's the TV networks. In the land of the First Amendment, it was their choice to shut down debate and journalism. No government agency forced MSNBC to repeatedly feature the hawkish generals unopposed, or fire Phil Donahue, or smell weapons expert, smear weapons expert Scott Ritter, or blacklist former Attorney General Ramsey Clark. It was top NBC, MSNBC execs, not the feds, who imposed a quota system on the Donahue staff, requiring two pro-war guests if we booked one war advocate, affirmative action for hawks. I'm all for a congressional investigation of the Pentagon's Iraq propaganda operation, which included an active-duty general exhorting ex-military-turned-paid pundits that the strategic target remains our population. But I'm also for keeping the focus and onus on CNN, Fox, NBC, ABC, CBS, even NPR, who are partners in the Pentagon's mission of information dominance. And for us to see that American TV news remains so corrupt today that it's hardly mentioned the time story of the Pentagon pundits, which was based on 8,000 pages of internal Pentagon documents acquired by a successful Times lawsuit. It's important to remember that at the same time corporate TV outlets voluntarily abandoned journalistic ethics in the run-up to the Iraq war, independent media boomed in audience by making totally different journalistic choices. Programs like Democracy Now! featured genuine experts on Iraq who, what a shock, got the facts right. Independent blogs and websites propelled by war skepticism began to soar. As for the major TV networks, they were not hoodwinked by a Pentagon propaganda scheme. They were willingly complicit and have been for decades. As FAIR's director, I began questioning top news executives years ago about their over-reliance on non-debate segments featuring former military brass. After the 91 Gulf War, CNN and other networks realized that their use of ex-generals had helped the Pentagon dazzle and disinform the public about the conduct of the war. CNN actually had me debate the issue of ex-military on TV with a retired U.S. Army colonel. Military analysts aren't used to debates, and this one got heated. Me, you would never dream of covering the environment by bringing on expert after expert after expert who had all retired from environmental organizations after 20 or 30 years and were still loyal to those groups. You would never discuss the workplace of workers by bringing in an expert after expert after expert who had been in the labor movement and retired in good standing after 30 years. When it comes to war and foreign policy, you bring on all the retired generals, retired secretaries of state. The colonel irritably... What do you want, a tax auditor to come in and talk about military strategy? Me, you hit it on the nail, Colonel. What you need beside the generals and the admirals who can talk about how missiles and bombs are dispatched, you need other experts. You need experts in human rights. You need medical experts. You need relief experts who know what it's like to talk about bombs falling on people. Before the debate ended, I expressed my doubts that corporate media would ever quit their addiction to unreliable military sources. There's this ritual, it's a familiar pattern, a routine, where mainstream journalists, after the last war intervention, say, boy, we got manipulated, we were taken, but next time we're going to be more skeptical. And then when the next time comes, it's the same reporters interviewing the same experts who buy the same distortions from the Pentagon. A few years later, during the brutal U.S. NATO bombing of Serbia, Amy Goodman of Democracy Now! interviewed CNN Vice President anchor Frank Sesno. 
Goodman, if you support the practice of putting ex-military men, generals on the payroll to share their opinion during a time of war, would you also support pulling peace activists on the, uh, putting peace activists on the payroll to give different opinion in times of war and be sitting there with the military generals talking about why they feel that war is not appropriate? Says no. We bring the generals in because of their expertise in a particular area. We call them analysts. We don't bring them in as advocates. It's clear war experts are neutral analysts. Peace experts are advocates. Even when the Pentagon helps select and pet the network's military analysts, Shortly after the Iraq invasion, CNN's news chief, Eason Jordan, acknowledged on air that he'd run the names of potential analysts by the Pentagon. We got a big thumbs up on all of them. That was important, he said. Of all the excruciating moments for me after having been terminated by MSNBC along with Phil Donahue and others, the worst was watching retired General Barry McCaffrey, NBC's top military analyst, repeatedly blustering for war in Iraq. Undisclosed to viewers, the general was a member along with Lieberman, McCain, Crystal, and Pearl of the Pro-Invasion Committee for the Liberation of Iraq. A leading figure in the Pentagon's pundit corps, no one spewed more nonsense than such an authoritative voice than McCaffrey, for example, on the top-notch advanced planning for securing Iraq. I just got an update briefing from Secretary Rumsfeld and his team on what's the aftermath of the fighting, and I was astonished at the complexity and dedication with which they've gone about thinking through this. After the invasion began, McCaffrey quoted on MSNBC, Thank God for the Abrams tank and the Bradley fighting vehicle. No federal agency forced MSNBC and NBC to put McCaffrey on the air unopposed. No federal agency prevented those networks from telling viewers that the general sat on the boards of several military contractors, including one that made millions for doing God's work on the Abrams and the Bradley. Genuine separation of press and state is one reason that growing numbers of Americans are choosing independent media over corporate media, and independent media doesn't run embarrassing promos of the kind NBC was proudly airing in 2003. Showdown Iraq and only NBC News has the experts. General Norman Schwarzkopf, Allied Commander during the Gulf War. General Barry McCaffrey, he was the most decorated four-star general in the Army. General Wayne Downing, former Special Operations Commander and White House Advisor. Ambassador Richard Butler and former U.N. Weapons Inspector David Kaye. Nobody has seen Iraq like they had the experts. The best information from America's most watched news organization, NBC News. <clears throat> they should only croak. And so should all the others. Yep. News media, my ass. It's an oxymoron, baby. Ain't going to get no news from these bastards. Grave robbers is more like it. And then there's always your buddy Lou Dobbs. Mm-hmm. Screaming about the Mexican. And his face just right. keeps getting bigger and redder and redder and bigger. God, even, even Bubba never got that big or that red.
Oh, there's that wicked cackle again, like a witch. 101 at 560 WQAM. Now, is it possible, you know, we all know that there's such a thing as identical twins. Right. Now, remember Rob Lowe, back when he was young and hung? Mm-hmm. And uh, looked kind of... Gay. Very. But at any rate, what, what is his brother's name, Chad Lowe? Correct. Now, he looks a little bit like him. Not, not a lot. Right. Am I right? Do you know who that is, Chris? Oh. Yes. Chad Lowe? Yeah, I've seen... Uh... Anyway, there's a, there's a kid called Chase Crawford who's in the show we were talking about the other day, Gossip Girls, with all these... And by the way, they're not high school kids. They're like, um, what are they? I don't know. You tell me. They're like uh, prep school kids. Oh. Is that different? I, I don't know. All right. What's when, the... when do you go to prep school, like junior and senior in high school or after high school? I don't know. I don't know. I'm well, not... we're prepping them. <laughs> anyway, th- this kid looks so much like, and especially with his shirt off, like uh, Rob Lowe. It's it's scary. Scary. Now, not that you would care, but let me just goose up that picture a little bit. See. He's not that good. Anyway, there's a lot of flesh on that show. I just thought I would mention what I what uh, network is it again? The um, UPN. What is it? CNW. Is that like ANW? Right. Root beer. Well, that must be what's on this. Um, the menu on this show is the Team Burgers. We do have an A and W here. Can you believe it? I believe it. In the Eaton Center, in one of the food courts. Because it's hard to find A and W anymore. And you know something? This stuff is pretty damn good. Used to be. Yeah. There's the Mama Burger and the Papa Burger and the Team Burger That's and the, right. the, the Queen Burger, man. That, that gets a lot of action here. And I know you're not big on fries, but they had really good fries. I don't eat fries. I know. I said that. I don't touch them. Now, once in a while, if I go over to uh, Mickey D's Mm -hmm. and I get lunch and bring it back for me and uh, Paco. Right. Since I'm the oldest delivery boy in town. Right. And, you know, and he always has to have a big order of fries. Sure. And so if they're in the bag, I'll, like, you know, munch on a couple of them. Well, if you're going to eat some fries, those are the ones to eat. What? If you're going to eat some fries, those are the ones to eat, yes. Oh. They're the best. What about onion rings? They don't have them. No, I don't mean. I know they don't have them, but I'm talking. Oh about no, them. onion rings are good, but you know, like you'd have to go to a real place to get real onion rings. You know, but if you're gonna have French place? fries. Nobody makes them better than the, the McDonald's, McRonald's. Oh, well, I don't like them. More action! Or, oh, is this another one of these pre-stories? My God, and these are all from the same person too. Obsessed, obsessed. But yeah. keep them coming, though. Somebody's got to be. It's it's. They're all from the same person. Don't I know. You understand? I know. I see it. More action urged against former North Richland Hills priest. Where the hell is it? Oh, it must be in uh, Dallas or Fort Worth because it's from the Star-Telegram. See, if I would read the first sentence, I would know it's from Fort Worth, but that would be too easy and I wouldn't have anything to bitch about. Saying that the cap. Are we going to get our 400 votes or what, Chris? I don't think so. Yeah, we are. We are? 1.4. We got 56 minutes. We got 324 votes. We need 76 votes in 56 minutes. The pressure is on this audience now, baby. Oh, put the pedal to the metal. Let's go, people. Get, get your, your ass, ass in gear. gear. Huh? So let's go, people. Get your ass in gear. Saying that the Catholic Diocese of Fort Worth is on little to stop abusive priests, victim advocates went to diocese offices yesterday to ask Bishop Kevin Van to visit parishes where an HIV-positive priest served and to urge victims to seek help. Pope Benedict XVI, in his recent visit to the U.S., urged bishops, priests, and parishioners to heal wounds caused by clergy sex abuse, said David Clohesse, National Director of SNAP, Survivors Network of Those Abused by Priests. 
The diocese is not doing everything possible about the Reverend Philip McGeldy, a former associate pastor in North Richland Hills. He said, the Reverend Michael Olson, Fort Worth Vicar General, said Monday that he's already visited the churches where McGeldy served. In addition, diocese officials in February notified the media about the priest, Olson told Clohesse, and there are and three other SNAP members. The diocese is issued an order in English and Spanish in the weekly diocese paper, and on its website, Olson said, SNAP asked that the diocese officials move Magaldi, who has been accused of abusing minor boys, in a way secure treatment facility. Alcatraz would be good. SNAP officials also want to buy an ad in the diocese newspaper asking victims or witnesses of abuse by Magaldi to contact them. Olson didn't commit to accepting the ad yesterday. Van has asked the Vatican to formally reject Magaldi's rights and status as a priest, diocese officials said. Magaldi is in poor health in an undisclosed nursing home, and the diocese doesn't have the authority or constitutional right to move him, Olson said. Poor baby! He's in poor health in a nursing home. I'm with it. Maybe the Lord is smoting him. Mm-hmm. The diocese said it's contacted the North Richmond Hills Police Department about allegations of abuse against McGaldy. We're supporting the police. Any legal action against them, Olson said. I think what the Pope said validates what we're doing. Oh, yeah. McGaldy was associate pastor at St. John the Apostle Catholic Church in North Richland Hills, 1993-99. In the early 90s, he served at St. Mary Catholic Church in Henrietta and a bunch of other places. He was removed from the active priesthood in 99 by Bishop Joseph Delaney after allegations of sexual misconduct were made against him in Fort Worth and in Rhode Island, where he previously served and was convicted of embezzlement. Oh, well, he had a whole bunch of stuff going on. At least he spread it around. He had a bunch of crap going on. Nice going, Papa. Papa! Remember that scene there? Papa! Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fredo. Poor Fredo. Again, again, yeah. Again, because yeah. you're a putz, Fredo. Remember when he got the gun, he, like, he was trying oh, to hold yeah. the gun? Fumbling. He dropped it like it was a hot potato. Papa! What have you done? 180 degree turn on. It's a pretty good poll for Charlie B. Now, the bunch he sent you today, I actually printed them all out. I might use them. All right. And what did you think of them? Oh, there was one that was just... I didn't uh, look at them. I just uh, selected no. them all and sent them right along. Oh, no, why don't you just send them? Because if you looked at him, you might think, what about the uh, sandwich filling? Oh, that, that's right. It was, what's your favorite breakfast food? I should can that one. Okay. Your favorite breakfast food. What's your favorite insect? Playing what, What's your favorite kind of dust? The extra fine kind. What's your favorite bowel movement? I mean, angel, the, the stuff dust. that he comes up with. It's, well, it's, it's that mind, you know? It's that rotted mind. 326 on the pole. Chris is never going to make anywhere near 400. I guarantee it. We'll get there. What have you done? 180 degree turn on. Uh, used to like the Clintons. Now I hate them. 86. Moved down to a nice 35 vote lead. Used to be religious. Not no more. 51. Voted for Bush. Now I hate him. 31. Used to be obsessed with sports watching. Now I couldn't care less. 30. Used to be Republican. Now Democrat. 26. Used to support war. Now oppose it. 22. Used to be liberal, now conservative, 15, 16, whatever the hell it is. Used to hate Neil, now like him, 12. Used to be conservative, now liberal, 11. Used to be gay, now straightened out, 11. Oh, yeah. When in doubt, straighten that thing out. Used to like Neil, now hate him, 9. Hate. Used to be Democrat, now Republican, 7. Used to be atheist, but found God, only 7. Once hated Bush, now like him, 6. And used to oppose war, now supported 2. Two crazy people. Out of 333 votes. Need 67, man, in 51 minutes. It's not going to happen. 
don't want to give you a canary or anything, but I just don't see you doing it. Hey, he's beside Chris. himself. Why are you rubbing it in? What do you mean by that? We're going to do it. He's weeping. Is he weeping like a child, like a no. woman? No, no not yet. No. Oh. So, well, let me ask Chris, what do you think of Passions on Channel 101? I have never seen it, and I uh, don't care to see it. That fax that you sent me before, right before the show, that right. just... Oh, it was special. Was that was just the, uh, the mannequin or the doll or whatever that thing was? The midget doll? It's like a, it's something, yeah, some weird thing. Oh, it's got a lot of weird things on it. The witchcraft and stuff like that. Timmy used to be on that show. Remember Timmy? Mm-hmm. I thought he was an engineer here. Even George remembers little Timmy. No, sure. not that Timmy. He oh. Was, he was in movies, too. He's dead. Little Timmy. Was he really? Yeah. And then he died. That's right. For real. Not just on the show, but he died for real. That's right. Poor little Timmy. Had problems. And what's her name? The witch couldn't bring her back. I, I don't want to get back into that passions crap. They, they, they changed all the characters. The storyline kept getting more and more ridiculous. And who the hell could watch it? Plus, anybody on there who looked good, they took him off the show. Yeah. Oh, well. I don't, I don't watch any soap operas anymore. I gave up on Guiding Light months ago. After all those years. All of those years, man. 1958 to uh, 50 years. And I said, bye-bye. No more. No thanks. Whatever happened to Philip, by the way? Philip Spaulding? Let's get a search party out there and see if we can find Philip, okay? We know he's still alive. He's out there somewhere, but uh, they couldn't make a deal, I guess. I watch so little network TV, it's scary. I do watch Oberman, though, when I get a chance on MSNBC. And the interesting thing of it is, after they blew Donahue out and then this Jeff Cohen guy out, how is it that Oberman got in there? He must have had the naked pictures of Imus and the Billy Goat. There you go. Something. Am I right? Must have. I mean, talk about a bush-bashing, um, phenomenal, uh, just-tell-it-like-it-is guy. I just can't get over it, the fact that he's really on the air. And wait till somebody finds out about it. I know. And they run a show like 50 different times every night. Do they? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Maybe 8 to 9, 10 to, 10 to 11, 1 to 2 in the morning. It's over and over and over again. I'll have to check it out. Have you never caught his show, Countdown with Keith Olbermann? I have, but it's just uh, by accident whenever I do. And why is that? I don't know, because, um, you know, I'm just flipping around. Well, maybe you ought to sit down and watch it some night. Well, you know, I'm out in the evening a lot of times. You might. You might. Well, I know you're out and about. We don't need to hear about it again. In fact, that wouldn't be well, a good idea. Well, why would you presume idea. that I'm talking about shenanigans? You know, yeah, I'm of course you're talking guy. about shenanigans. That's all you do with shenanigans. And no, we'll cover to you. No, no, no. I'm a good family man. Doing wish, stuff with oh, the wife oh, and the kids. Doting oh. husband and father. What are you talking about? You, just, you fill in such blanks. <laughs> there it goes. Oh, my God. Here line. comes all that phlegm. Not... All right, during the God. break, I better go out there and uh, take another couple of teaspoons. There you go. Of that mung. Mm -hmm. That expectorant. I mean, I, I'm doing a lot better, and I sound much better. <gasps> oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You hear that? But it, it's just not coming up. That, and no. I want all that big, thick, green mucus. Yeah, no. I want it out. You know what's in there? Queer as you normally are. What? Huh? Maybe I need a long Phew. suction tube to go. down my lungs. You know? Stick it all the way down your heart. Come one, come all. This will be... New studies show that couples in which the wife is better looking than her husband are more positive and supportive. Now you can have the same fulfilling relationship. Hi, I'm Dr. Neil Clark Warren, founder of eHomely.com. I wasn't happy dating male models. Then I went to eHomely.com and met Kenny. We're soulmates. Uh, honey, could you scratch my hump? Oh, I love my little hunchback. At eHomely.com, we match women to men based on 29 levels of disfiguration. So you're sure to find the dysmorphic homunculoid of your dreams. The minute I laid my lazy eye on Trisha, 
I knew it was true love. I held his good hand, and we took a romantic moonlight limp on the beach. And she didn't flinch when I asked her to clean the sand out of my folds. So if you've had enough of men with chiseled good looks, washboard abs, and a full head of hair, log on to eHomely.com and find the freak that's right for you. Okay, 118 at 560 WQM. Happy Tuesday from all your paisans here, the ones who are left. A couple of dead people. Okay. Richard Chirac's funny man, Emmy winner Jack Hanrahan dies. Who's that? Never heard of him. Jack Hanrahan, once a big-time Hollywood scriptwriter, was found in March 2007 destitute and living in a Cleveland homeless shelter. Died yesterday in a nursing home on Cleveland's west side. He was 75 and suffered from heart problems and other illnesses. Hanrahan, who won an Emmy for Rowan and Martin's Laughing, was a cartoonist and actor who grew up in Cleveland. He wrote for some of the most popular TV shows in the 60s and 70s, including Get Smart, Police Woman, The Waltons, and The Sunny and Cheer Comedy Hour. In December 2006, Hanrahan arrived in Cleveland from California by bus, penniless and disheveled, his tangled hair hanging to his shoulders. All he had were the clothes on his back, a bag of tobacco and rolling papers. Even his false teeth were missing, and his Emmy was in hock. Yeah. He tried to connect with relatives, but his state of mind and needs were too much to handle, nephew said, so Hanrahan lived on the streets. Let me ask you something. I'm a little bit confused. Did I do this spot in the wrong break or what? Yeah, you did. Oh. But we did it, though, right? Yeah, it got done, so it's all good. Raised in a big Irish Catholic family on the west side, Hanrahan attended a seminary before, seminary before working as a cartoonist for American Greetings. In the early 60s, while working freelance in New York, he met Phil Hahn, a writer for Hallmark Cards. Hanrahan and Hahn would soon become one of Hollywood's most successful writing duos. In 66, looking to hit the big time, the pair piled into Hahn's 65 Mustang and drove to L.A., arriving on May Day. Hanrahan had only 10 bucks in his pocket. Within three weeks, they were writing cartoon scripts for Hanna-Barbera. Soon they were writing for Get Smart, and in November 67, they were working on a new upcoming show called Laughing. The duo split up after writing for the Andy Williams show in the early 70s. I can understand that. One of the reasons Hanrahan didn't take care of business was due to his addictions to booze and drugs. For years, he lived in Tinseltown's fast lanes, partying hard with the stars in Malibu mansions, and running with the drug crowd, George. Mm -hmm. The lifestyle eventually took its toll. Hanrahan moved to Eureka, California, became an eccentric bum, estranged from his first wife, Rosemary Donovan, also from Cleveland, and their six children. After he came to Cleveland in the dead of winter, he lived on the streets and in shelters for about three months, looking for handouts and going to daily mass. He called it the Magic Show at the St. John Cathedral downtown. The bags he packed before coming to Cleveland were found at a California airport. He couldn't come up with an explanation to remember why he ended up on a bus. In March 2007, Hanrahan called a reporter at the Plain Dealer saying, If you want a riches to rags story, pal, I've got a good one for you. How do you like that? Riches to rags, baby. Oh, well. That's what's going to happen to me next year. I'm already wearing the rags. Maybe I ought to come for that appearance like in a burlap sack. There you go. Or just wear a cardboard box around your uh, loins. That would be good. 359 on Chris's pool. 38 minutes for 41 votes. Oh, that's within the grasp now. Told you. And the Clintons have moved way ahead to a big lead. People that we used to like and now, like that. Guess who else died? I don't know. Somebody else you never heard of. William H. Stewart. 
Who's U.S. Surgeon General from 1985 to 89 led the federal anti-smoking crusade, called for warning labels on cigarette advertising, and used the introduction of Medicare to desegregate hospitals throughout the country. Died April 23rd of kidney failure at Oxner Medical Center in New Orleans. He was 86. 86. That's old enough. I reckon. Now give me 21 more years. Tell Joe when you see him tomorrow it means I need a 15-year contract extension. Okay. Stewart was a career public health. Well, I'm never going to be able to retire. Apparently not. It'd be like no, Paul Harvey working until you croak. He's dead. He is? William Stewart. Career public health service officer became a surgeon general the year after his predecessor, Luther Terry, released a landmark report that drew an explicit link between smoking and lung cancer and other diseases like <gasps> emphysema and stuff like that. Stewart, who was a pediatrician and epidemiologist, did more than speak out against smoking. Like few surgeon generals before or since, he became a medical activist. He called for an end to racial discrimination in health care and advocated expanded medical services for the poor. In a 67 speech, he criticized the tight little world of medicine and its glass curtain, which often denied health care to those who needed it the most. On one side of the curtain is the gleaming antiseptic world of medical excellence, he said. Its wonders are plainly visible to those outside, but admission is by ticket only, and the line of the box office stretches out of sight. After Lyndon Johnson signed Medicare and Medicaid into law in 1965, Stewart used the programs to compel Southern hospitals to desegregate. At first, some hospitals adopted ruses to give the appearance that they were offering integrated services, but by tying Medicare funding to the Civil Rights Act of 64, which prohibited racial discrimination in any federally assisted program, Stewart threatened to withhold money until the hospitals banned discrimination in admissions and treatment. He's dead. You said, don't smoke those faggots, baby. They're going to kill you. Don't smoke them, Edward R. Murrow. Hamilton Burger. Right. Remember Hamilton Burger? Now, what, mm -hmm. what's that bit we got? It's very, I very bad taste. Oh, here it is. Lung cancer, emphysema, smegma, seborrhea, psoriasis. They can all be attributed to the harmful effects of smoking cigarettes. Hello, I'm William Talbot. Perhaps you'll remember me as Hamilton Berger, Raymond Burr's adversary on Perry Mason. And now, I'm dead. So take it from me. Kick the habit, and you won't wind up like I did. Don't smoke, and you'll never die. <laughs> Ever. This message paid for by the Militant Anti-Smoking Committee for more... Uh-oh. Oh, just... Hey! A little sympathy right? there, yeah. A little sympathy for William Tallman, Helen Berger have been dead a long time. I think everybody on that show is dead, aren't they? Uh, what's your I name, guy? Barbara Hale? What? I haven't taken inventory in a while. The judge, I'm sure, is dead. Remember the judge? Oh, yeah. And uh, we were talking about it last week. What was the guy's name? Perry, uh, Perry Mason's buddy? Oh, I forgot. The detective. Right. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? You're as senile as I am? We just got to well, talking I mean, about it. Look, I was a little Paul Drake. watching that in reading. Paul Drake. Okay. I'm going to tell you, it's a pretty sad commentary that an old toad like me remembers something like that, and you're like, what are you uh, talking about? That's a that was before my you. time. I shouldn't have even heard of Perry Mason. What are you talking about? Barbara Hale. Yeah. She was, a, what's his name, William uh, Cat's mother. Della Street. Right. Right, Della Street. Paul Drake was William Hopper. William Hopper. I told you last week, it had a, had a hopper. Now, isn't Dennis Hopper had a hopper son, or was it uh, that hopper? I don't know. How about Grasshopper? That's it. That was Dennis Hopper's son. And uh, who was the judge? 
Come on, Chris. Chris has it there. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, the one that lists is Ray Collins as Lieutenant Arthur. That's Pratt. him. Over at Lieutenant That's, Lieutenant. That's right, Ray yeah. Collins. That's what I was thinking of. Who's a, who cares about the damn judge? Am I right? Uh, we have, let's see, one judge in 32 episodes was S. John Lawner. Another one was Kenneth McDonald. Ring a bell? No? No. Okay. Willis. I remember Lieutenant Trag. Buki. Boucher. B-O-U-C-H-E-Y. Bucci? Sure. Coochie, coochie. Here comes Bucci. Morris Ancrum. Okay, that's enough. We know, you know something as so obscure as it is now, unless you're old toad like me. Even George is a member of Prairie Mace. Here's one for George. John Gallaudet. Who? John Gallaudet. Who's that? Death guy? No, he was, uh, played a judge also. We don't care, okay? We don't care. Thank you so much. 365, you're going to make your 400. I am Effusion's head coach and I love the Queen of South Florida, Neil Rogers. Should be in Buckingham Palace, but we'll keep him here. Absolutely. It's been worth my attention that the uh, ratings are dying now. Well, that ought to show you what a big asset I was to you and how. You know, you can find somebody good enough to fill my baggy pants? It ain't easy. There ain't no chance I'll ever be coming back. Outside of considering a lucrative contract. If you want to know what'll save you from shutting that transmitter to the ground, why, that's easy. Sure. All she needs is more. We do that favorite TV theme song. We haven't done that in a long time, in about, what, five minutes? Right. 
We haven't done that in a long time, months and months. Have we ever done that since you've been on a show, Chris? Uh, yes. The TV themes we have? Yeah. When? Uh, last year at some point. Well, last year. Well, who, who cares about last year? This is this year. Oh, well, that I was then. This is now, you know. And, of course, the fact that Raymond Burr was, was just more than some people. Do, 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 do. I don't want to mention no names could handle. I don't want to mention personalities now. Right. You know what I mean? Do, 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 do. Anyway. You never saw that show? Chris? George? He's asking Raymond you. Burr? No, not Raymond Burr. You never saw Perry Mason? Yeah, like briefly in passing. I'm sure you, you know, probably was... saw Ironsides. Likewise. Briefly no, in passing. I, I never paid any attention to it. You know, I saw the open. That's the only thing that I can say that I remember from it. The open of what? Ironsides? Yeah. The show open. Just like Barnaby Jones, you know. Oh, I, Barnaby I stay, Jones gets I stay his for man. the open. I'd stay for the theme That's music. And, uh, channel Barnaby Jones gets his yeah, man. Yeah. Cop shows, detective shows, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. You hated them all. I forgot. They're all Sorry. the same. If you saw one, you saw them all, and they all saw No, not true at all. Oh, so in, other, in other words, Barnaby Jones and Cannon were the same? Whatever. They caught their man. Barnaby Somebody Jones did a, something, a and then they caught him. Coot, and Cannon was a fat old... The show uh, would start. Somebody would do some crime, and this guy would catch him. Yeah, and... 374. You need 26 votes in 25 minutes. We can do it. The challenge is there. Lay down the gauntlet, baby. Lay down the challenge to your audience... Sure wish we had our audience back, you and me, George. I know. But now we I miss those days. Huh? I miss those days. Yeah. Back when we used to be on the radio. You might mention that tomorrow to uh, Jolly Joe. Okay. That if they want to take that abortive kiss crap, you know? Uh-huh. Put a real station on FM. Wouldn't that be something? Well. What? Keep dreaming. I'm not dreaming. I'm just thinking out loud. That's all. A new analysis, Bob, and I just took a two teaspoons of that, um, what you call it? Syrup. What do you call it? Cough syrup or whatever. Expectorant. No, it's not cough syrup. It's, um, what you call it? Expectorant. Expectorant. That's right. <laughs> so now I'm sitting here expecting uh, expectorant. I'm expecting a bunch of big gobs, you know? Well, we want details. But there's nothing happening yet. Oh, well, what it does, you know. Well, that's so much better. Remember yesterday? Mm-hmm. Yesterday was thick, man, like pea soup. That's what I want, like Linda Blair, man. I want to be blowing up big, dark green chunks like Linda Blair. Covering all the walls with it. <laughs> A new analysis by University of Georgia Associate Professor Barry Hollander finds that between 1998 and 2006, Americans became increasingly polarized in their news-gathering habits. After examining five National Pew Center for the People in the Press during that time, Hollander concluded that the public now lives in a huge echo chamber of attitudes and ideas. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Political Insider reports, In 1998, 27% of Republicans and 25% of Democrats tuned in regularly to Atlanta-based CNN. Eight years later, the number of Democrats had risen to 29%. But the number of Republicans who tuned in had shrunk 19%. Where do you think they went? Over the same period, Fox News share Republican viewers jumped from 14 to 36 percent. Hollander also notes that conservatives dramatically dropped news sources that they perceived as being biased against their position. Evidently, this included C-SPAN, which also saw a dramatic drop in conservative viewers. 
These findings are similar to a Norman Lear Center Zogby International poll from November of 2007, which found that 22% of conservatives say they never enjoy entertainment that reflects values other than their own, as just to opposed 7% liberals. Fox News was also the most politically divisive TV channel, with 70% of conservatives and just 3% of liberals watching it daily. But too much Fox News may be bad news for conservatives. An April 2007 Pew Research study found that the viewers of the conservative Fox News channel had the lowest knowledge of national and international affairs. I can't imagine why, can you? No, gee. But I bet you they know plenty of, plenty of propaganda. Yeah. Talking points. They have the lowest knowledge of what's really going on in the world. That's because they watch Fox News, Fox Fake News. <clears throat> what have you done a 180-degree turnaround in your life? 380 votes, so you got 22 minutes for 20 votes. There's Swillery. Hillary Clinton out on the campaign trail. She's talking now about high gas prices. Of course, uh, all of this, the economy, issue number one. He sounds like world. Lenny Martez a little bit to me. On top of global competition, uh, you're facing some pretty challenging times. It's harder for companies to hire new employees and to afford health care costs. And it's she sure is dynamic, isn't she, man? She sure yeah. does it for me. She's setting it on fire. Oh, yeah. I want to get up in the middle of the room and start spinning around like a human dreidel, like a top. What have you done, 180-degree turn on? I used to like the Clintons, now I hate them, 103. The companies have... Used to be religious, not anymore, 56. Boy, I tell you, they pulled away the Clintons. You can't touch them with a stick. A lot of people would like to. Used to be obsessed with sports watching, now couldn't care less, 43. Used to... I uh, voted for Bush, now I hate him, 38. Used to be Republican, now Democrat, 28. Used to support the war, now opposed at 25. Used to be liberal, now conservative, 17. What? Used to be conservative, now liberal, 12. Huh. Used to hate Neil, now like him, 12. Used to be gay, now straightened out, 11. Straightened it out. Used to be Democrat, now Republican, 10. Used to like Neil, now hate him. Ah! Nine. Hate. Hate the old fag bastard. Used to be an atheist, but found God, 7. Once hated Bush, now like him, 7. Oh. Now, that's just got to be a joke, isn't it? I'm sure it is. You know, you know there's always the joke. Oh, yeah, just to piss me off. Used to oppose war, now support it, too. Out of 383, you're only 17 away. Can you smell it? His name. The best talent.
bargain man. Oil is down $115.47 a barrel. Let's go out and uh, collect some money and buy a barrel. All right. Uh, or a barrel, barrel of oil. Barrel of oil. I'll, I'll just jump into it, and then uh, when we do that appearance, I'll come all co- you know, covered in oil. That's right. You'll 397 on the pool. During this segment, man, we're going over 400, and Chris is going to get up and dance naked on the counter. No. And George is going to barf, puke his guts out. No. No what? I'm not going to dance. Good. Thank God. You're not even going to give up and give yourself like a high five? Nah, that's okay. How about a low five? Maybe. I'm pretty impressed. I've got to be honest with you. I thought 400 was way beyond our capacity today on a, on a Tuesday. Well, they came through. I mean, Tuesday is kind of like a, you know, it's neither fish nor fowl. It's like trafe. George will tell you about trafe. Now, you get excited right. about that meeting tomorrow or what? Um... I don't know if excited no, is the right word. If I were you, I would tomorrow morning sure clean your bowels out real good before you uh-huh. go to that lunch with Joe. I do that every morning. No, well, more so than usual. In fact, I take a high colonic. Yeah? How about a low one? 398. 400 will be really great. Don't wait. And George will be out of Gulfstream this uh, Friday again from 10 to 2. Now, have you got some regulars who come like every time you go, or are there different people who come by? Yeah, no, they're both. Both of those things. Regulars, regulars and irregulars. Mm-hmm. Sure, be nice if a whole bunch of new. In fact, what they can do is they can come out and congratulate you on your new deal. Right. Or or, or commiserate with you on your lack of a new deal. That's right. Maybe Norton three ninety nine. Maybe Norma will come by. Uh huh. Sure. Yeah. Right. That's to help right. you out. Uh huh. That's all right. You don't want Norma's a- assistance. Uh, it's all the same. <laughs> he hates you. That's fine. No, I don't think so. Oh, well, it doesn't well, matter. It's nice that he hates you. We just don't want to be bothered with you. That's irrelevant. Bother. That's exactly. The small potatoes. You know that, what, are you gonna, what are you going to give him? What are you going to give me? Now, maybe you got him some good weed. That, see, yeah. if you would just use your mind a little bit, if you had one yeah. left. Listen, what he can do for me is negligible. Maybe he can find you some good. What weed. he has done for me has been negligible. Yeah. So, no thanks, but no thanks. I was only doing what you well, told me. Well, that's what he said, thanks, but no thanks. Right. Well, there you go. So, I guess it's mutual now, huh? Sure. I don't need him. He doesn't need me. I'll be damned. Former Federal Reserve Chairman Alan Greenspan and the government of President George W. Bush were to blame for the U.S. financial crisis, Nobel laureate economist Joseph Stiglitz has said in a magazine interview. This man, Greenspan, has unfortunately made a lot of mistakes, said former World Bank chief economist Stiglitz. According to a preview of the interview to be published in um, something magazine. Oh, don't tell me this is chopped off with another ad, too. Oh, my God. That's how they get you. No, I think this is okay. He was, he was first, his first one was to support all the tax cuts which were introduced under Bush. They didn't stimulate the economy very much. This task was then transferred more toward monetary policy, though then Greenspan created a flood of credits with low interest rates. Stiglitz is quoted as saying, Earlier in April, Greenspan said in an interview with CNBC that the U.S. economy, the gambling channel, that the U.S. economy was in recession and defended its chairmanship of the U.S. Central Bank against charges that its policy missteps had laid the groundwork for the crisis. He said decisions during his charge had been rationally constructed based on evidence at the time. Stiglitz said Bush's government was also to blame. I reproached them that the economy was not as resilient as it could have been due to the ongoing tax cuts and the huge costs incurred by the war in Iraq, he was quoted as saying. He said it was a myth that Europe could decouple itself from the USA. 
especially the weak dollar, will continue to hit the European economy hard because it will make it much harder to export, he'd be saying. How do you like that, Alan Greenspan and George W.? W. Oh, there's the phone. I better go get it. Okay, go ahead. I'll promote this play going on on Friday for uh, the deaf and the hearing put on by Gallaudet University. How about a phone number over here for tickets? 954-370-1145. That's 954-370-1145. Broward County Main Library, Friday. Bring your kill, uh, your children. Bring your children, whether they can hear or not. you have an address on that? Uh, Broward County Main Library, Main Auditorium, 100 South Andrews Avenue. 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock. Alice in Wonderland, performed by Quest. Arts for everyone. They're going to be speaking it. They're going to be signing it. It's going to be cool. And, cool. Uh, I'll be there. Oh, my God. What happened? It's my fax paper. Oh, again? Yeah, for the second time. Now, I don't know well, whether the other thing was the... Maybe the other thing was of the Boca package. Might be. Yeah, I, I would think so. Because this concierge we got down there now is not the regular guy, and this guy is very confused, very confused. And the guy that I just spoke to was uh, some very illiterate guy from... Uh, oh, there's a shocker. The uh, Yeah. In the same delivery place with my fax paper. In extremely illiterate. And I said, leave it down there at the front desk, okay? 403, nice going there, Chris. Thank you very much. I know you could do it. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Nobody else cares, but that's the way it goes. It's a little murky. It's uh, mostly, it's partly sunny. Going to be 50 degrees today. That's not too bad. Not too good. When you consider the 1st of May is only two days away. But that's all right. It's not snowing. It's not blowing. Only my nose is blowing. Yeah, what are you blowing? <laughs> Chunks? No. I wish. I wish. I really do. I wish I get all that thick crap you know, out of my system because, you know, that's the stuff. <gasps> See? It's still in there a little bit. Much better. 406. Look at that. I wouldn't be surprised if they go for 600. What do you say? No. How about 8? 800. Tomorrow, sure. No, not right now. No. They that alcohol going to your head. Oh, is there is there booze in that expectorant? I wait. It might be. The Formula 44 has it. That's why I like it. I don't okay. have Formula 44. I, I told you that before. I know. This is you have a knockoff. Yeah, Rexall. Yeah, there might be alcohol in there. Which is probably made by, you know, you want me to get the bottle and look and see if there's any booze in it? No, that's all right. It'll kill about 20 seconds. Really? All right, go ahead. That would have been something if I would have gone down there and thought that that package was there from, uh, oh, my God. From what? It just turned out, well, I got the uh, the FedEx package from Chicken Neck, and I got my uh, case of fax paper, man. Right. Either this way. is an important day in my life. Either way, you wouldn't have been disappointed. That should tell you a hell of a lot about my life when it's an important day when the fax paper shows up. Mm -hmm. That should give you a real good idea. Although I am getting in with my uh, cabbie, with my lesbianese cab driver and going to Woodbine. Getting in where? The cab. Oh, okay. At 2.15. Made it sound like something else. Getting in what? Trouble? Uh, yeah, okay. What, something like that, yeah. I'm on a roll, man. In spite of what Chris there, Mr. Mr. Negatory says, I'm on a roll. Saturday, Sunday, and yesterday, I won more than he makes in a year. Probably. Fifty bucks. Close, yes. Now, I don't know if I'm going to sleep all tonight. Not having to worry about George's big meeting tomorrow with Jolly Joe. Just take a drink. Who do you want to take Chris along for with you for immoral support? It's Miami Town. Oh, oh! At 560-WQAM! 
God, they're turning the AC in my building on on Friday. There is a God. Thank you. Pope John Paul is gone, I just read. He'd been hanging on by a thread when they found him in bed, dead. All the Catholics said, they all said, Bye, Pope. <laughs> they said, Bye, Pope. They said, Why did you have to go and die, Pope? But you know he was really old. Now he's stiff and cold. Did you hear his last gasp? Now it's time to have was his role, but old age had taken its toll. Heaven is now his soul's goal. Put that pole in a hole as we say, bye, Pope. We'll say, bye, Pope. I say, I feel so bad, I'm gonna cry, Pope. And when you reach the pearly gates where St. Peter waits, Bye, bye, bye! The biggest names, the best talent. And your home for Miami Dolphins football. Sports Radio 560 WQAM. Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Bye, Papa Juan Pablo.